Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? you know so like today as i was get everything ready for the show mm-hmm. i was like man how cool is it that we have our own theme song i was like how cool is it that Skiznot made that for us. And then suddenly I had this picture of Skiznot in front of a microphone going, ha, 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 waka, waka, waka. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> God bless the question is, did he actually do it all in one take? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm sure he didn't. But Take 56. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't feel like waka, waka. I, like, there's got to be, it's like, I've been saying "womp." There it is, but there's got to be something better. Line. Oh God. <laughs> no, it's scoop. There it is now. Scoop. scoop there, there it is. is. Yeah, it's in commercial. Oh God. Oh yeah, that's right. They they do a the tag teams in a commercial. Like an ice cream commercial. No, it's not an ice cream commercial. It's another one. It's like one of those uh, clog. It's like Geico or some uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Something. But they're singing about it. They're going scoop. There it. You haven't seen it? No. They it's look like, old and fat. Awful. Yeah, it's awful. Well, I'm glad they're finding work. They're old and they're fat. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're finding work, too. Are it's, they in their 60s or something? God, I don't know. Uh, you know, Stu. Oh, uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I'm Jason Emmett. Hi, I'm Stuart D. Stuart D. <laughs> I'm Casey Masterpiece. I was watching a thing today about uh, Cobra Kai, and you were we were talking about the other day... Um, you were asking about ages and everything. So the girl who plays Samantha is twenty four. Wow, that's crazy. Um, actually, all of them are either nineteen or or older. Dimitri is like the youngest one, and he's nineteen. Um, but here's the weird thing. This is what blew my mind. So Crease, uh, Martin Cove, seventy four years old. Does not look it. Hold on, gets better. Uh, <clears throat> um, William Zabka, Johnny. Is fifty five and fifty nine for yes, he's that much older. But the chick who plays his wife, she's like fifteen or sixteen years younger than him. Yeah, and the girl who plays uh, Johnny's girlfriend this season, she's like way younger. <laughs> yeah, so oh, Johnny, yeah, but well, yeah, uh, Ralph Macchio is like almost sixty years old. He, he looks good for, and William Zapka looks pretty good too. For I mean, there's rumor that he has a toupee. Who? Ralph Macchio? People were talking about it. Of course they are. Because they say it, uh, it doesn't seem like it matches his sideburns. I'm like, uh, Really? Because I think that he looks like he's thinning quite a bit and does like a, he has cool. a lot yeah, of bangs. That, that big overhang. That's just what I think. Uh, but yeah, of course. So, it's, I mean, kind of 80s related, you know, last uh, two weekends ago. Uh, or was it last weekend? Oh, Cobra Kai season three. It's awesome. Watched it. I need to check it out. And then uh, also... Uh, Have you watched any of them? No. Transformers, War for Cybertron. I saw uh, that. Uh, Earth Rises. Mm. 
Watch all the movies first. Then talk in your microphone, it. bitch. I wasn't. No, you're, you have it like out here. You have to talk right into I these. I don't want to. Well, that's <laughs> what you have to do. Fuck you. Big difference, see? See the difference between these? These are directional microphones. You need to shut the fuck up. Right here doesn't count. Right here does. Do watch, watch, right here. I'm going to teach something. La, 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 Just suck it off. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Is that you chewing your dick? Yeah. <laughs> chewing. <laughs> chewing your dick. Your dick. <laughs> that noise you hear is... What was that? I'm adjusting volumes on this because it was loud. I don't know why it only does it sometimes. I was about to say, that sound effect is <sighs> weird. Yeah, we've never heard oh, yeah, that before. And, uh, <laughs> no spank dog here with us tonight. He couldn't make it. Um Actually, he's he's feeling fine. I think uh, his doctor told me he seems to be feeling fine. But hopefully, uh, he'll be back with us. We actually had a different show planned, and we will be doing that. Uh, but it rec- it's another tag team or Stu, uh, Stu Spanky and I are going to. Uh, we have list together of another songs you didn't know were re- remakes. I looking going through it. Um, I have a feeling we can get another. We can do this one. We might be able to pull off another really good one, and after that, they're going to start getting real obscure. <laughs> because it was going through, like, even this list we have this time, even I was like, oh, shit, really? <laughs> I was like, so this one's going to be good. But um, he couldn't make it tonight, so we decided to shift things. We actually have some really cool topics coming up over the next few Oh, and welcome back. We obviously took uh, we're in season two now. We took a I was about to say that we took a couple of uh, weeks off for the holidays and everything. So, uh, but we are back. Um, But yeah, we're what were you going to ask him? He said, "Can you? Oh, can you finish the song? No, welcome back. Nobody can, and it's not Carter. It's Cotter. Cotter. So even you couldn't either. Cotter. No, his name's never Carter. Carter. It's always Cotter. Yeah, you're right. He says, Mister Cotter, but it's it's welcome back, Cotter." Yeah. Welcome back. Nobody can finish that song. <laughs> yeah, I just nobody under a certain age can. You know, people under like my kids are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know? Isn't that weird? Because we were just sort of in there talking a few minutes ago about things that the kids are well, into. But what we brought up is there were things that weren't of our generation, mm. but we were still taught about them, and that does not happen anymore. Not no, to that degree. No, no. So I will give a few really good examples. Little Rascals. Well, yeah, but yeah, I think kids still know who they are. But uh, Sanford and Son was not from my generation. But I'll be damned if I don't know if I can't. If you look at me and go, I'm like, I know exactly what you're doing. Of course, Mm -hmm. that used to be my ringtone for when my dad called. Uh, do you remember his big truck that we called the Sanford? Yeah, (laughs) used to drive that truck we called the Sanford. Um, But we were discussing it because uh, Marine. Oh, crap, can't think of it. From Gilgan's Island passed away. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, we were discussing it the other day, and like somebody's like, oh, I love Gilgan's Island, blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, well, that wasn't from my generation. I'm like, fuck you. You think that was that Gilgan's Island was from my generation? Right. But we watched it. I watched, I've seen every episode of Gilligan's Island. It but was it wasn't, then. Yeah, it wasn't from when I was born. It was way before I was born. I'm like, but I watched. I watched. I dream of Jeannie. I love Lucy. Gilligan's Island. I was watching the Honeymooners. That was black and white. I, yeah. I was just getting ready to say. I got a newsflash for you, man. I I, I watched uh, Gomer Pyle and mm-hmm. and freaking Andy Griffith, and <laughs> they were in black and white. I'm like, and, uh, they were way not from my generation. Perry Mason. Uh, but we see, watched that stuff. Yeah. 
Like, I don't... One, it's because TV was different back then. Mm-hmm. But these were good shows. Yeah, you didn't have uh, 3,000 so much channels <laughs> well, of nothing. Right. I mean, yes and no. We were pretty young when cable became a, a thing. I mean, it was the early was it, 80s. Yeah. That was 80? We didn't have no, a remote. For your we had rich like a... family, it was 1980. For my family, it was a little bit later because... I call myself rich. Compared to us, he was probably rich. Well, I, compared to me, anyway. I think it was like 85 for us. Yeah, my mom, we moved... Um, God, I'd have to do some math here. I'd have probably been about... Math is hard. Six, so probably 83 or 84, my mom went to work for Greater Dayton Cable, so we got it for free. Um, or else we wouldn't have had it. Smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when we when I was a kid, when we lived in Coshocton, um, we had... We a lived butter out, churn. We lived out in the country. <laughs> Might as well have. We had a big antenna on our house that you would turn a little knob on top of your box on top of your TV, and you'd hear it going... And it's the size of the roof. And we still only got two of the three major network channels, ABC, NBC, and CBS. We only got two of them. Jeez. Yeah. I watched a lot of PBS. It's about the size of the house. <laughs> I still do. It was pretty big. You feel it moving the house? You know what, man? I don't, but um, a kids still do. PBS is huge for kids, and we were, we're going to do a whole episode about that mm. because we all watched a lot of PBS when we were kids. Yep. I got I to gotta blow your mind. You ready for this? Shoot. So, uh, yes, there's a reason I'm coming back. I'm not just I'm not just tooting my own horn from Rewind coming Toys. back. So, you know, I do Rewind Toys, and... Um, I put a question out there on the, the Facebook page the other day, mm. and I got some responses, and one of the people was like, uh, are you talking about tiger sharks? I'm like, no, I'm not, actually, but thanks for bringing that up. And then I went and looked, because I actually didn't know about the tiger shark toys, but there was. There oh, were action figures, right? Yeah. So I say something to Stu. Stu didn't know what tiger sharks was, and he didn't watch the comic strip. He's, he didn't know what it is. Wow. Not a clue. Blue. My mom, I'm like, you don't know Karate Cat and Street Frogs and many monsters? You can't sing C-O-M-I-C. So you, you guys had Karate Cat. I had Kung Fu Louie. Well, no, no, no. We was, had him, too. Yeah. That's Hanna-Barbera. And, and it's Kung it's Fu not, Fui. It's Kung Fu Fui, not Louie. Yeah, whatever. But Karate Cat. You knew cat, where I was going at. Meow, baby. <laughs> like, I, I mean, like. No clue. And, and he doesn't. He did. He does know the USA Cartoon Express, though. But that was a lot of Hanna Barbera characters. And yeah. It was like Quick Draw McGraw. I think was Space Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. But it shot. Yeah. The the real the original Space Ghost before it became a weird talk <laughs> show with. <laughs> I love yeah. that show. Um. But yeah, he he had never. It kind of blew my mind. I'm like, really? Like, I loved the comic strip, and like he he's like, I I played the intro. He's like, I've never seen that, and just kind of, you know. <laughs> Well, I've been doing a lot of Sephora Rewind toys. I find that happens, even to me, like Mr. I Love 80s Action Figures. And uh, it'll be coming out as one of the episodes. I actually recorded it, and i got to finish them up. But mm. there's a line of toys, because uh, I'm writing a book. And uh, I came across, I'd never heard of it. The, the, the action figure sounds cool as shit. I'd never heard of the cartoon. I'd never heard of the action figures. It's called Spiral Zone. Yeah, see, you guys are kind of like, huh? Hmm. It it sounds like some fucked up shit for kids. But I totally want to see them remake it today as a sci-fi horror thing starring like Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and shit. I totally want to see it. So I'll give you a real quick premise of what this cartoon was about. There's this dude named Dr. James Bent, of course, who <laughs> becomes known as the Dark Overlord, of course. And he creates these 
field zone generators that he puts all around the earth. Mm -hmm. And when he does, they create these zones called the spiral zones. And then he lords over everyone from high atop the uh, Chrysler building. And anybody who's stuck inside these zones become these like mindless zombie creatures that he controls. So they, they get a team of guys that wear these specialized suits to go in and like say like, like I want to see this today as a sci-fi horror flick. Like this sounds badass, and I'm like, this was way too much for kids. But as I'm going and writing this book, you know, there's all these action figure lines, and I go and read the storyline, and a lot of them I knew, but I never paid it. I'm like, oh my god, we were some dark motherfuckers. <laughs> we were twisted as shit. We've talked about it here on this show. You go Thundercats. I mean, I didn't realize when I was a kid that Lion-O ages, but he's still like kind of a big kid, and they walk around totally naked. Yeah. In the beginning of it, but they ain't got no genitalia, so there's no Lion-O dick, which kind of throws me off. And Chitara didn't have no nipples. Yeah, it's still dirty. Chitara kind of hot. But I'm saying, like, but they were better, and we liked them more, and, you know, what are they going to say? Today, you ain't got cartoons, so fuck y'all. Ours was better, because... Yeah, so have, was our toys. You don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Yeah. That sucks. That does suck. It does suck. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. It's like, uh, didn't uh, MTV turn like 40-something? I mean, not, not too long ago. Killing me, Smalls. And the problem here is if I turn up your level, then you are at some point going to go, Lah! like blow our eardrums through our ears. Sorry. You have to You have to make love to the microphone. Oh, yeah. I mean that's that's your microphone topper. So if you look at that, we all have our own now. So we are COVID compliant. <laughs> Slide whistle. You use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore. Yeah, you do, Stu. Just saying. You guys didn't see what he did with his tongue. So he made love to his microphone. I will make picture love. the rock. I mean, I think you probably need to explain that a little more. Yeah, like, what? picture the rock. Okay, why are people? Why is he telling me? To, he just said he made love, and he wants me to picture the rock. What does he do when he's making love? He's like mm, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's exactly. I that's want exactly. your Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that's exactly what I want you to picture. He's a pretty man. I might be able to do it. Hold on. Thinking about him. Thinking about him. Half chub. <laughs> Just half. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, put them together. Full chub. I'm good. (laughs) Full full chub. You know, (laughs) we could do a whole show, an entire episode of chub talk. (laughs) Names we called penises in the 80s. We could whole whole episode because there were a lot of names. Nobody ever called it your dick. Like, dick was the minor. That's too crude. My wang. Okay. (laughs) Well, definitely no one said penis. No, not a a lot. My favorite. giggling. My favorite was uh, uh, Bill and Ted got a full on robot chubby. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Oh, God. So, we're not. Talking about penises. I mean, we probably will more. They'll be brought up at some point. (laughs) My penis will be brought up. But we are talking about rap. Um, We've never really done that. I I also want to 
Stewie and I want to uh, let it be known that a lot of people have died recently, and we didn't talk about them. It's not our fault. We've been off for Not weeks. our fault. We've Who was it good. the other day you posted and said, we didn't talk about them on the show, I swear? Who was that you said that about? Was it Marianne? No. No, somebody from, it was an 80s no. icon. I know that uh, Hooks just died. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's very sad. We haven't, we, we, there have been plans for a while to do a Police Academy episode, but we haven't, so... Mm. And, should, should we uh, wait until after Steve? I am nervous about one thing. About one thing, I tell I I reach out to you guys the other day. I said let's do an episode of uh, about rap, and then freaking Dre goes into the hospital. I'm like, whoa, he's not on my list. I just wanted <laughs> that's to- the one I said. I think uh, no, it wasn't. Somebody actually died, and you posted like we didn't talk about them. I swear, I just don't remember who was it. Was it Tanya Roberts? Yeah, yes. yes. And then they came out and said she didn't die. Right. It turns out she did die of a urinary tract infection. Ugh. Sepsis, though. That's Who the hell dies from urinary? She, she technic- I mean, sepsis because of a urinary t- tract infection. It's an infection. I mean, you can die of uh, uh, Lorne from uh, Angel, the TV show Angel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he had an infected tooth, and he mm. died. But it spread. I mean... That's just, it can happen. An infection can spread from anywhere. So I think it might have been her, yeah, actually. And she did pass away. Um, Bond Girl, uh, that, that 70 70 show. show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Um, oh, no. I know who it was. It wasn't her. It was freaking Shabadoo. Oh, hey. yeah. Um, we, uh, oddly enough, we had, we've talked about. Uh, we did not talk about Ozone. But we have talked about Turbo, but we never brought up... We, there was a reason why we talked about him, because I think one of us were trying to reach out to him or something at one point, mm-hmm. and, uh, but not Shabadoo. And uh, that was weird. Was this around New Year's? Yeah. yeah. It was right is, after it. Right? Is Kelly from uh, that? She's still around? Who? Kelly from... Yeah. I don't think anybody else is dead. Let's hope not. Not going wood. So, but yeah, not going wood with your slide whistle. Um, but yeah, that's who it was. It was Shabadoo, and you were like, "We didn't talk about him." I swear, because I don't know if you guys have caught on, but we kill people on the show completely accidentally. We talk about them, and then they die. So, <laughs> you're such a dumbass. You're a dick. <laughs> Oh, it's not on here. I was looking for the <laughs> hate my friends thing. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I really hate my friends or whatever that fucking thing is. Um, so we're going to talk about rap, but we're we're uh, we're not doing a, a top five exactly, so there's not going to be any voting. We basically came with our five. Not, I'm going to say favorite, some of our favorite artists. What happened inevitably is we picked them, and then somebody said something. We're like, oh, shit. But what has happened in this last week, and when I brought this up to you guys, and I said, let's, let's, uh, I'll come with like five rap artists from the 90s. We're, we're sticking with the 90s. That, and it doesn't mean they couldn't have started in the 80s or went into the 2000s, but we're, we're focusing on what we listened to in the 90s. And there will be honorable mentions, um, lots of them. What inevitably happened, so this week, I was like, all right, I know some of the bands I'm going to, or artists I'm going to be talking about. And so then I'm driving around in my car, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to them. And I'm in my car going, oh, my God. Why have it been so long since I listened to some of these guys? Because they're fucking fantastic. So the other night I'm with my kids, and uh, I 
This is awesome. I said to him, I don't remember how or why we got here, but I made a comment and I was like, oh, I, I don't remember why. I just said, I'm going to play you guys a song and I want to get your opinion, like if you like it or not. So I hit play mm. and they're sitting there and Shiloh's got this confused look on her face and she goes, are they saying real words? First of all, it was Bone. <laughs> so I was like, Yes, but they it's like they just they rap really fast, okay? <laughs> like so you have to understand uh they were Buster before Buster. Busta. Busta. Mamba 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 <laughs> Buster. I think with um Bone Thugs, they were part of like there was this time period where speed super rap. fast yeah, speed rap. Yeah, well and but we you know, there's Busta on there too, but mm-hmm. yes. And I was like, yeah, they do. And, of course, the one word you do understand constantly, and they say that word a lot. A lot. But they actually did like it. And then I so I started playing some other rap from our, you know, that era. And I was like, what do you guys think of this? What do you think of that? And both of my kids said, both of my kids, it's a lot better than the rap we have today. They said, ours is really boring, and these guys are... Like the Thank music, you. My kids, they're like, the music's like good, and like some of it's really catchy, and like Shiloh's in the car kind of dancing, and I'm like, I mean, you sound like old people saying it, but you're right. Like, it is true. Like, a lot of times, oh, it was better in my day. Like, it, no, it was. 90s rap <laughs> yeah. is probably, so far, the best era of rap. I mean, yeah, this, rap is great. Sixty nine guy can't hold a candle to our shit. Um, don't get us wrong. I mean, there's rappers who are still holding it down. Like, yeah, Kendrick I don't mean. Lamar. I'm not saying yeah. there aren't good rappers today. Mm-hmm. I'm saying overall, even even better. Uh, 90s was even better than the 80s, and yeah. we're going to discuss why I think that is. I think early 2000s was pretty good, but it started. Tam- yeah, but it was a lot of the guys we're about to talk about. A oh, lot yeah. of not all of them, but a lot of them were still going. Yeah, and you know what. We're going to hit on a few things because we're going to talk a little bit about why I think that the 90s rap scene was so major. And here's the thing about this episode. Um, You two shocked me in that you... I mean, I thought considerably, like, I loved Will Smith in the 90s. And he's definitely not... Like, we we didn't say it had to be hardcore rap or gangster rap. So Will Smith almost made my list. because I loved him in the 80s. I think he... I loved '90s Will Smith, but I love DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, so, I think that was when he was better. But I mean, Summertime, come on, man, that was fun. Yeah, getting jiggy with it. Everybody loves getting jiggy with mm-hmm. it. Like I loved the Men in Black. You know, yeah, I like I loved his stuff. But Good choice. You two have more what we'll call light-hearted people on your list than I do, and I was shocked by that <laughs> to a degree. So we'll get right into it, man. And, and we're, before we do, I'm going to give, um, I, I guess we'll say history, uh, but not like a full history. We're not going into full rap history, but what I do want to kind of talk about, I was saying, and, and this is, I'm reading a piece here, so but this agrees with what we just said. Um, 90s rap uh, is often described as the golden age of hip hop and rap. Uh, it introduced a lot of rappers and rap groups. Um, during the beginning of the decade, we had acts like Ice Cube, LL Cool J, and Public Enemy. Uh, all of them were established in the 80s and kind of led the way into the 90s, and they helped set the stage to bring in other acts like um, 
Ice Cube's 91 release of Death Certificate, for example, these kind of set set things up for people that were coming in. Um, in 92, we had Dr. Dre's The Chronic, um, mm. which not only solidified his career, but also helped to propel Snoop Dogg. Yes. Um, and Nate Dogg, um, I think, too. Snoop Dogg, Dre, Tupac, and Death Row Records yeah, in general sure. represented the West Coast rappers, and they dominated the genre genre for the next several years. Then, you had then your, came the East Coast, yep. mm-hmm. Bad Boy Family, um, Sean Puffy Combs, uh, Christopher Notorious B.I.G. Wallace, um, and these two sides were crucial in the East Coast West Coast rap rivalry that not that not only produced some of the top rap music of the decade, but also ultimately ended the lives of Tupac and Biggie. Maybe the Tupac thing's a little more. I I actually have some stuff about that. Um, so. <clears throat> Orlando Anderson. I didn't even know who this fucker was, but kind of might be where a lot of this shit started. He was known as Baby Lane, a.k.a. Baby Lane. Um, He's been accused... Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I'm the wrong guy. So Orlando Anderson, a.k.a. Baby Lane, is who most people believe killed Tupac. Um, But he's dead. (laughs) So he was uh, killed in 1998. Um, Nobody knows exactly who killed Notorious B.I.G. It's been unsolved. Now, it's not to say that Tupac's death was solved. They just have a pretty good idea that there's a good chance this dude either did it or had something to do with it. And there's a reason for What's it. What's the technology we have these days? I'm surprised they don't Hold try on. to reopen and kind of... That's what? because he's still alive. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, funny you say that, because we were talking in... That's bringing it out. We'll uh, get there, yeah. Uh, you talking uh, about the names of the albums yeah, and shit yeah, and how yeah, weird yeah. it was between oh. both of them. Yeah. Both of them. Ready to die and then life after death. Mm-hmm. And like, Stu's like, well, didn't they, maybe they changed the name. No, I think life after death was the name of the album. And is the, the album before that was ready to die. And then Tupac has the whole Machiavelli. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Type thing. It's very, very weird. And in the album uh, Abbey Road by the Beatles, you can see Tupac walking oh, barefoot. Shut, <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> and at the end of the one song, it says Tupac's alive. Tupac's alive. Yeah. Um, so the rivalry actually started um, in 1991 by a guy named Tim Dog. He's from the Bronx, and he dropped a track called Fuck Compton. Right. Um, and New York born and California based rapper Tupac Shakur publicly accused uh, notorious B.I.G. Um, Andre Harrell and Sean Combs of involvement in his shooting and robbery. So that's Tupac didn't accuse them of killing him. He was shot and robbed before. <laughs> okay, so yes. <laughs> so he accused all of them. He was robbed and shot and he said you guys had something to do with it. So this whole thing became this huge rivalry because at one time I guess Tupac and uh, yeah, they Biggie were friends. Were friends. Yeah, and there's a, actually a song when I uh, say, "Hey, Biggie, remember you sleeping on my couch and all that?" Like, yeah, th- yeah, yes. He he calls him out. Well, this is what started but happening. This, that was during like a this. So this this track. this uh, Tim Dog guy was supposedly one of the first guys to start dropping shitty comments about the other coast in his song. Oh, so that's, with that's where the the diss rap started. Yeah. So he's from. He was from the. Um, East Coast, and he did a song called Fuck Compton where he started kind of ripping on Compton. So you start getting this kind of war. What's funny, the whole thing about it is Tupac was West Coast, but he was from the East Coast. East Coast, Coast, yep. And that's probably why they were originally friends. I mean, if you think about it, where Tupac came from. Yeah, I think he was born in New York. Anyway, he he came out and publicly, publicly accused, yeah, he was born in in New York. 
uh, he he accused Sean Combs, uh, Biggie, Andre Harrell, all of uh, involvement in a shooting and robbery in the lobby of the Quad Recording Studios in Manhattan on November 30th, 1994. Shortly after the shooting, Who Shot Ya, a B-side track from Biggie's Big Papa single, was released. Now, Puff Daddy has said for years and years and years, and uh, Biggie, uh, they denied this having anything to do with the shooting. And they said that Who Shot Ya was recorded way before the shooting. Who um, shot the sheriff? But Tupac interpreted it as Biggie's way of saying, ha-ha, who shot you, man? It was me. Um, Puffy has said many, many, many times, like, you you think that these lyrics are about you, but if we wanted them to be about you, we would we would flat out say it. Mm. Like, is so that like that song, You're So Vain, you think the song's about Which you? really is. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's I hate that song. Um, anyway, <laughs> then we had, who we were talking about earlier, Suge Knight, uh, who started slamming Puffy at the Source Awards and accusing Puffy of having something to do with the shooting of Jake Roberts. Not Jake the Snake Roberts. Yo, Puffy, can I talk for you too? As much as Suge Knight is a giant douche nozzle. He's a giant douche nozzle. But he's the one that created this awesomeness, what we call the West Coast rap. definitely had a part in it, yeah. Um, Anyway, Suge then posted bail for Tupac after Tupac was arrested for sexual abuse, and he got him to sign with Death Row Records as sort of a... Like, I'm going to post bail for you because it was like $2 million or some shit. He's like, <sighs> and then you're going to sign with Death Row. Yeah. But Not that it hurt Tupac's career so, at all. So I wonder, was this before or after he hung Vanilla Ice out the window? <laughs> um, mm. Probably. During his lunch break. It, mm, God, I don't know when he signed. I mean, it's probably in the notes when we get to Tupac of when he signed with Death Row, and we could probably do some math about that. So Right before the Go Ninja rap. Uh, anyway, right after yeah, oh God, right after that, Tupac that was a started. Awful song. <laughs> Tupac started taking uh, jabs in his songs at Biggie, um, and again, Puffy continues to say, "Look, Biggie is not intending his songs to be about you, dude." The Tupac uh, was then shot on September seventh in Las Vegas and died six days later. Um, so I was telling you that they believe the one dude was responsible. There's a reason for that. So they believe that um, it's from. This guy was part of a gang from Compton called the Southside Crips, and they were uh, they think that he shot Tupac or had something to do with it because he was avenging the beating of one of its members by Tupac a few hours earlier. That's why they think this dude had something to do with it. So I guess they beat the shit out of this guy, and then a few hours later, he gets shot. So who knows? You know, we don't know. There's always been this thing. No, no, man, it was the East Coast boys was taking a shot. I don't know that they were. Oh God! Oh, I don't. Now you know. We are, we are. That's some good rapping. I mean, we're slamming on Suge Knight. We're talking about East and West Coast. We are in trouble here. But I never got. You guys tell me what your your feelings are when we're talking East Coast and West Coast. I know they had a rivalry, but did anybody? <laughs> no, I, I didn't hold on. Take a side. I got the be- no, me neither. But I have the best analogy. Didn't y'all kind of look at it like? West Coast was way more Marvel, whereas East Coast was kind of DC. They weren't nearly as tough. <laughs> they weren't as tough. Good way of looking at it. I mean, they really didn't come off as... I mean, mm. your hard dudes were... I mean, I uh, just to say it, Puff Daddy's on my list, but Puff Daddy is nowhere near as hard as your... your Dre's and your... Well, Dre well, was, Well, if I you guess, look at it from the 80s standpoint... When, 
the one that these guys are bleeding into is um, you had NWA back in the day that was considered gangster rap, like hardcore. Sure. And, and then, where did they come from? West Coast. Yeah. Right. And then you had uh, guys like um, LL Cool J and some of the other guys that were like kind of like did the light rap and all East that. Coast. Right. <laughs> More so East Coast. It kind of bled into that. Because we all know LL Cool J, he wasn't there. But he, he was, was going, going back. back, back, right. back Cali, Cali. I love LL Cool J. No, but Actually I, thought and about I, putting him on my I list. don't mean that as a slam. I mean that as a real. Like, when you think gangsta, do you really think Puffy? I think NWA? Nah, yeah, it's NWA. Honestly, I don't even think of Biggie as gangsta. No. He was. Even though he supposedly sold drugs. He was more hardcore than Puffy. Yeah. But he wasn't, like, but when you start looking at the guys from. West Coast. Although I don't, well, uh, a lot of people Cube and NWA, I don't think were ever really considered part of this major rivalry, were they? No, no. At this point, though, no. Uh, NWA was, was done. Kind mm-hmm. of into it because we was were producing. discussing this. We think Easy was either dead or going to be dead soon. Right. Dre is already at this point. I mean, he's producing these guys. I mean, Dre was involved with some of these guys. Yeah, he was producing, yeah. but Dre Tupac is at this point like that's what he's doing, mm-hmm. and Cube is probably. Starring in movies and getting ready to do um, West Side Connection, which almost made my list. What side? What side? Um, so I don't. I think at that point they were kind of past it for the most part. I'm sure they had some things to say because they were from Compton. Well, after but. Cube uh, recorded No Vaseline, that may have. <laughs> Dude, that like, is the best song ever. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> that is. But such, if we go back to that era, but that's about their own guys. Yeah, but Not if we go, about but if we go back to that era, like legitimately go back to that era like i don't care how hard i am i'm gonna be scared of <laughs> cube. dude from what i've heard <laughs> about <laughs> hammer hammer you do not want to mess up. with hammer hold up but he's like the mafia of that time period like right you got to see him like we were talking earlier uh, he might be kind of like yeah mm, don't don't pay but attention he's kind of got that cube. classy thing yeah don't don't pay attention to the ice cube of are we there yet? Right, right. This was a different Ice Cube. Oh, no, totally. Like you, when, that was a when that he was had a Jerry Curl. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to fuck with him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when he when he, he shaved that shit off. He's not yeah, yeah. No fuck with um, him. Anyway, he was he was uh, shot in Las Vegas. He died like what six days later, I think, something like that. Yeah, he, he stayed alive for a while in the hospital. He ended up dying like six days later. Yeah, I think he was on like a ventilator for um, the majority of the time. And then two years later, on May 29th, nineteen ninety eight, um, that's when the Dude, that Orlando Anderson dude died when he was shot in a un, they say unrelated gang shooting. Um, the Phillips article and its follow up, how Vegas police probe floundered in Tupac Shakur case, also implicated East Coast rappers, including Biggie Smalls. So that's the question. Like, where did the, is it just? Well, they had a rivalry, so they must have had something to do with each other's death, or did they really? We don't know, and we we'll, we will never know, especially with Biggie. I don't think we'll ever know. Right. Uh, anyway, six months after Tupac's death on March 9th, 1997, uh, Biggie was shot and killed in a drive-by shooting by an unknown assailant in Los Angeles, California. And the reason I kind of went through some of that, obviously, had a lot of conversation about it because this is our era. I mean, we remember all this shit going on. And like Stu said, um, I mean, we're going to get to it here in a second. We... To say when it comes to when we're talking about this group, the East Side West Side kind of rivalry, Stu probably leaned in his like of he. We didn't have a stake in the game, but his artists 
tended to be more the West Side guys, whereas mine tended to be more the East Side guys. Mm. So, in other words, Stu was always a huge fan of Tupac. I was always a huge fan of Biggie. Um, and it, I don't know. Just I mean, sort of I went didn't that dislike way. their stuff. Oh, I know you didn't, but I mean, and I, I didn't dislike just Tupac. A major fan of Tupac. I mean, it's kind of funny when he uh, he had a Tupac poster in his bedroom. Yeah. It's kind of funny though when uh, he Talking died. They said that there was a lot. Is there, I, I'm hearing myself. Yeah, but you're quiet. Yeah, it's like right here, dude. Here, I'm going to turn you up a little bit. If I do that, then don't scream into it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, see like what I'm that. saying? <laughs> um, Glad you don't have anyway, a Anyway, what, what you were saying? You were saying you were a fan. You weren't, it's not that you weren't a fan. Yeah, you fucked me all up. Oh, God. We took three seconds away from yeah. you. That's you're getting old, motherfucker. Um. But yeah, Stu Stu kind of leaned more. I mean, it's, again, it's not to say he didn't like Biggie. Mm. It's not to say he didn't. Uh, I know what I was going. I, okay, I, that's there why I went. Had a um, bit of a brain now, fart. When when Pac died, they actually uh, said that there was a lot more white people that were uh, mourning his death than a lot of black people back then. Uh, for some reason, I guess uh, he kind of got he. Which is interesting. You're saying yeah. he kind of broke through. Yeah. Which is very interesting when one considers. And we'll get to Tupac. I mean, he had a lot what, of white fans. It's it's very. There is some really cool stuff. I want to hold off to what we actually are talking about Tupac. What so, I think about it is. Don't worry. I don't think he really, in his music, didn't really. Oh, God. Screw it. So, Stewie, <laughs> one of Stewie's picks was Tupac. Yay. Um, that's on Stewie's list. So. Here's what's weird about what you just said, <laughs> and I'm going to read some bio stuff. Okay, but before we get there, there's some things you might not have known about Tupac. Did you know at one point in time he was against interracial marriage? Now he changed his whole yeah, stance right. on that. But and it's in his bio. I'll kind of skip right to it. But do you know his mom? It was a black and, panther, and his grandfather. Yep. And his grandfather was very high up in the ranks of being a black and panther. He was. He was actually trying to go to college to be. Like an English lit po- poet, like or so. I believe what you what you were saying though is that like th- he's right. Black people or black people, white people were way upset by the death of Tupac. He kind of broke a lot more than they should have. But they. <laughs> um, sorry, that sounded bad. Yeah, we shouldn't have given a shit about that black guy, but we did. Well, I mean, let's say fan wise. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is he broke through uh, a certain market. I know what you're talking about. His. He was very famous in a certain market of younger people, which is very weird. It's not. It's kind of cool when you think Probably about it. Probably had a lot to do with, like, some of his stuff was very poppy, too. Mm-hmm. But Actually, not. most of his stuff was all about living life. a certain lifestyle. Yeah, it was about life. Uh, a lot of it was about being a young black man. Mm-hmm. It really was, which is kind of why it's Those kids were listening to Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, you know, kind of <laughs> LLV got dumb. So, so let's let's talk about it for a second. He was born Lasan Parish Crooks uh, in June 16, 1971. I did not even know that. Um, better known by his stage name Tupac and by his alias Machiavelli. Um, he was an American rapper, songwriter, and actor. He is considered by many to be one of the most influential rappers of all time. Much yeah. of... Oh, you no, know, he was a pretty good uh, actor as well. Well, it's a, yeah. this is this is straight Wikipedia, motherfucker. They got their shit right. Have you seen Juice? Um, Juice is good. Much of Shakur, Shakur's work has been noted for addressing contemporary social issues that plagued inner cities, and he is considered a symbol of resistance and activism against in, in, inequality. I will say that I remember watching videos and news clips. Of 
in a way, he probably did help, like, bridge the gap in things like um, inequality. And so, because I remember, you know, he's kind of this real famous young figure. Mm. And I remember seeing, like, news clips and stuff of him talking about issues and white, young white people standing behind him, like, actually supporting it. And it's kind of weird when you think about it. Like, wow, this rapper was kind of making social points and white young white people are listening to him going, so, oh my God, he's, he woke people is so, what he did. <laughs> so thinking about it now, do you think life kind of forgot the way back like around, right around that time and kind of like lost the way between what the black and white? I don't. Yeah, you lost. I literally me. don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like you were life trying lost to, the way. The whole like <laughs> Black Lives Matter thing going on right now. What I'm still not connected. Yeah, like, back then they were like uh, kind of like combining and you know enjoying the music. Combining oh yeah, no, no. I think that is. I I think I go. I think that has slowly been happening more. I, I think that he's saying. Do you think that's when like people were starting to pay attention? Yeah, I think gradually people more and more pay attention. Like I think it started way back when it started, and mm. every generation it gets a little bit better, but there's still problems to work on. And what people forgot during. So you have this like older generation. This is kind of cool. You have this older generation back in the 80s and 90s that are hearing rap music and hated it, right? And I totally get why they hated it. Of course they hated it. These guys are using foul language. They're talking about doing drugs and they're selling just drugs. Talking, and they're not having Fuck melody. the police and, and they're dropping the N-word, which I, I'm not a big fan of that because I can't sing it. Damn it. <laughs> but it's true. Come on. Even you. Sometimes you got to be like, man, I, don't, I feel very uncomfortable singing this song, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm not allowed. That sucks. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, so there's this generation going, this is filth. And I, in a weird way, get why they thought it. Now that I'm older, mm. like, I get it. They were from a different generation. And but that it, filth sold records. It's not just that, though. To them, it just sounded like filth and garbage. So filth the floor. And the but what we're talking about with Tupac, and not just Tupac, all these guys... They were singing about or rapping about stuff, and the youth was hearing it going, they're talking about their lives. Did it sound like they were glorifying it? A little bit. But obviously, they were all looking for ways to get out of it. And it made people understand this is how we lived. This is how we had to grow up. And I think that rap was another stepping stone towards... It's weird to look at it now and think that. And I'm sure that... No, well, Tupac might have been. Some of these guys probably that they didn't. That's not what they were trying to do. Tupac mm-hmm. very well might have been, like I'm trying to wake people, a little bit with what. It, but like you said, he was into poetry. We know who his his parents were, and we know that he wanted to be socially make people socially aware. But rap artists, and I think music music has always done this. Honestly, oh, yeah. has brought up issues and has pulled people to see other sides. Mm-hmm. So rap is huge. Rap did that with, you know, um, inequality and, and race. I mean, jazz, you know. Jazz has done it, too. I think gospel, music has been doing that forever. Oh, yeah. But, yes, I think, 80s and, I think 80s. Right. I think what Stu was trying to say, to, to a degree, is do you think that was part of what made things better? Yeah, I actually do. Mm-hmm. I think rap opened people's eyes. I do. So, yes, I think so. There's a word in here, and and if I'm not allowed to say it, uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you know up front. Okay, but it's not I it's not 
we'll get there. Should I? Uh, do you want me to read uh, it? Shakur was born in Manhattan. No, we'll just do the Waka Waka. Okay. Uh, he relocated to San Francisco in 1988. Uh, he moved to Los Angeles in 1993 uh, to further pursue his music career. Um, by the time he released his debut album, Tupacalypse Now, in 91, he'd become a central figure in West Coast hip hop. Uh, he introduced social issues to the genre at the time when gangster rap was dominant in the mainstream. Uh, Shakur achieved further critical and commercial success with his follow-up albums, Strictly For My... I mean, technically, it's N-I-G-G-A-Z, and there's dots after it. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, what does it... I'll, I'll use a slide whistle if you need me to. St- called Strictly For My... <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> I did because that made it funnier. It's like, uh, uh, crap. Can't think, uh, what's the movie? Oh, God. You devil. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, you know, that was funny. Fuck Mel, you all. Mel Brooks. Just start naming it's Mel Brooks. World, movies and we'll um, get there. Something world. Because I'm turning Blazing old. Saddles. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, but obviously that stands for something. Because there's a period like a, after every letter, so I'm wondering what it means. Interesting. Uh, in 1993, and then uh, Me Against the World in 1995. I don't think it meant anything. I It has to. I don't recall it. You don't put dots if it doesn't. I know, but I don't think I've ever really... It doesn't mean you would know. Shakur <laughs> uh, became heavily involved in the growing East Coast, West Coast hip-hop rivalry, which we talked about uh, between 95 and 96. His double-disc album, All Eyes on Me, in 96, became certified diamond by the RIAA. On September 7th, 1996, Shakur was shot four times by an unknown assailant. Um, He died six days later. One of the best-selling music artists of all time, having sold over 75 million records worldwide. In 2002, he was inducted into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame. In 2017, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Rolling Stone has named him on its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Um, Outside music, Shakur was also a considerable success as an actor with roles uh, in Juice, 1992, Lucky in Poetic Justice, 1993, um, which Anna Jackson, Ezekiel in Gridlocked in 1997, and Jake in Gang Related in 1997 as well. I will just tell you right now, I do not like Poetic Justice. I think it is a boring-ass movie. I never saw it, but I heard a lot of people say I just say think it it's boring. boring as piss. Nothing really happens. Mm. It's kind of boring. It's I, been a minute since I saw it. Um, we, I never saw that one, but I saw the rest of them mm. just because he was in it. Um, and then, we, as we mentioned, his mom was in the Black Panthers. Um, his grandfather was in the Black Panthers. Um, in January 1991, Tupac... Uh, rapper nationally debuted under the stage name oh he in 91 he that's when he first went by the name tupac um and he was a guest on rap group digital underground single same song um compiled on the soundtrack for the february 1991 movie nothing but trouble that's an amazing movie oh and award winning released five albums after he died yeah. Five albums. Because he's still alive. Because <laughs> he's still alive. And it's funny as I he's think alive. I bought every one of them. He's alive. Um, so the first one on my list 
is actually on Stu's list. That's what, we just went to Tupac because we were already talking about him. So I was like, you know what? I'm just we're gonna talk about it. Might as well bring it up. But uh, so the way we're gonna do this is we all picked our lists and we had a few crossovers. So we're gonna talk about the crossovers first. And the first one is on my list, we're and talking it's on about the crossroads. No, actually, <laughs> oddly, oddly <laughs> enough that you say that, the first one is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, Consisting of rappers Busy Bone, Wishbone, Lazy Bone, Crazy Bone, and Flesh and Bone. Uh, the group was signed to Ruthless Records in 1993 when they be- debuted uh, with their EP, Creepin' on a Come Up. The EP included the breakout hit single, First of the month, get this up, song yeah. right here that's playing in the background, which is... Thuggish Ruggers Bone. It's the Thuggish Ruggers Bone. Great song. From Cleveland, right? Um, in 1995, yes. the group released the second al- uh, album, uh, East 1999 Eternal, which included the hit songs First of the Month and East 1999. Uh, their hit song, Crossroads, a tribute to then-recently deceased Eazy-E, won a Grammy Award in 97. The Art of War, the group's third album, was also released in 97. Bone Thugs and Harmony is the only group that has ever worked with Tupac, Notorious B.I.G., Easy e and Big Pun hmm. uh, while they were all still alive. The editors... <laughs> yeah, because they're all, all while dead. While the war was happening? <laughs> they're all dead. They're all dead? Wow. Uh, well, is Big Pun dead? Yes. Easy es dead? Oh, I thought you were talking about... Notorious uh, B.I.G. No, dead. not uh, Bone, not Bone. Bones. Okay. Uh, am I mistaken or is one member of Bone dead? <laughs> I think... I, I, um, but I think all the rest are alive. Uh, and I could be wrong about that. The editors of About.com ranked them number 12 on their list of the 25 best rap groups of all time, and MTV called them the most melodic hip-hop group of all time. I'll give you that. That's true, yes. For me, um, I owned 1999 Eternal and Creeping on a Come Up and listened to them religiously. I couldn't... Could never keep up with them. (laughs) I mean, they were... Fantastic! They did their their shit was different. I don't know how else to put it. You had all these gangster rappers and stuff at the time, and these guys were more like chill. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they They're always had smoking this, the end a lot more than uh, they had yeah, this, uh, this smoking the bone. They had this really melodic kind of creepy. That doesn't sound right. They, they had this kind of melodic creepy no, undertone to everything's music, and it was like kind of made you feel. Like I didn't smoke weed, but I could totally see how you could smoke weed and listen to Bone. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like you, you, especially that one thuggish ruggish Bone. Well, I mean that one right there. It's like yeah. Well, but their melodic tone. I mean, you could like put a baby to sleep. <laughs> you could, and but then if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh god. <laughs> well, it's because they weren't like, wow, right in your face saying this stuff. It's just kind of like, oh no, they were saying e- it <laughs> easy like. Re- yeah. Hey, do me a favor, man. Sing the opening line to East 1999. Can't remember. Really? East 1999, my. Done. <laughs> so they were right up in your face is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it was this. I don't know what they were saying. <laughs> but I didn't care because well, it was Apparently, so... it's way better than the mumble rap these days. But it it's not that you didn't know what they were saying because they were mumbling. It was like this... No, speed rap. Yeah. But it but it was like it wasn't just speed rap to do speed rap. Like we weren't just we're not just doing this as fast as we can to do it. It it worked. I don't know how else to explain it. It was like Yeah, it wasn't like the micro machine man. It kept in this Well, I, I the know beat. that Eminem does a lot of speed rap and yeah, yes. Bus Rhyme does and mm-hmm. 
These guys were just kind of flowing with it, though. Yeah, it flowed very much so. It was fast, but it wasn't fast. Like, it's so weird. I don't know. If you don't listen to Bone, you won't know what I'm talking about. While they were fast, the music was slow. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. I mean, I don't know. I, I could not tell you the first Bone song I heard. It was probably Crossroads. Might not have been Crossroads. I don't know. But all I know is I was hooked. Like instantly, I want to say yes because I think that was their breakthrough. Well, it was video, but that doesn't mean I. At this point in life, I probably wasn't watching much MTV. Um, I actually had friends who liked listen to them, and that's probably how I got introduced to them. And I will tell you, uh, probably a song I know just as well as any of them. First of the month, you know, I mean, it's the first of the month. So get your check and move on. And uh, get my stimulus check, uh, Mister. I like. I don't know. I just, I just was listening to him. Somebody introduced him to me. Became a huge fan, like right from the get go. Um, if you haven't listened to Bone, like go check out some Bone. Either one of those albums, you're fine with. Stewie and I both agree to one thing. Yep. They're, and I love a lot of their stuff, but their best song might be. Notorious Thugs, which they did with Notorious B.I.G. That song is so good. Yeah, it's so great. It's Bone and Biggie, Biggie. It's Bone and Biggie, Biggie. When Tari. It's like so good. And it's got that just, it's very both artists. You see Biggie. Was this you after? You feel Bone. <laughs> did they make it after Biggie died or was that? So. Okay. I couldn't remember if they actually uh, pieced that together or not. I mean, I'm sure they were working on it. Okay. I don't think the intention was. Well, no, they just I don't it said in the article he worked with them when they were, they were still alive. Well, I know, but I don't know when it was released. Like, I, don't I don't know if it happened to be released song, afterwards. No. Pretty much any song that a group did with Bone was awesome. So yep. this is fine. So it was all good. Uh, the next that was on my list that uh, ended up crossing over with. The next on my list. I don't. I don't know what's worse, what he just did or the fact that I knew what he was going for. I'm not happy. <laughs> he was doing Hall and Oates. Oh. Yeah, I know, but it scares me that I know these things because I shouldn't. Because <laughs> nobody should know what the hell he was just doing, but I do. Well, you speak his language now. I know. It's a horrible life. <laughs> I speak Stewie's. <laughs> it's kind of like listening to mumble rap and actually yeah. knowing what they're saying. The next one that happened to fall on my list happened to fall on Kevin's list as well, so we're just going to go ahead and go right into that. Um, Busta Rhymes. Speaking of speed rap. (laughs) He's doing some Busta Rhymes karate moves in here. Uh, He's an American rapper, singer, record producer, actor, and record executive. Chuck D of Public Enemy gave him the moniker Buster Rhymes after NFL and CFL wide receiver George Buster Buster Rhymes. Uh, So he gave him the nickname after him. Um, He's received 11 Grammy Award nominations for his work. Bout.com included him on their list of the 50 greatest MCs of our time from 1987 to 2007. While Steve Huey of AllMusic called him one of the best and most prolific rappers of the 90s. In 2012, The Source placed him on their list of the top 50 lyricists of all time. MTV has called him one of hip-hop's greatest visual artists. Mm. Buster Rhymes was an original member of Leaders of the New School. He later went on and founded the record label Conglomerate, initially, initially Flip Mode Entertainment, and production crew The Conglomerate, 
formerly Flip Mode Squad. In November of 2011, Busta Rhymes signed a deal with Cash Money Records. On July 23, 2014, Busta Rhymes announced that he left Cash Money Records due to creative differences and was no longer on Republic. Uh, he was released. He has released ten studio albums, with the first being in 1996, the platinum-selling album "The Coming." Uh, his list of hit singles include "Woo Ha." It's just fun to say it that way. Woo Ha. Uh, got you all in check. If you really want to party with me, put all your hands where my eyes can see. Um, dangerous. Turn it up. Fired up. Turn it up, fired up. This song was just fine. Um, give me some more. What? What's it gonna be? Oh my uh, god! Yeah, that song is the shit. Ele extension level event. Uh, past the Cavassier Part Two. Mm-hmm. I know what you want and touch it. <laughs> Stewie, touch it. <laughs> um, we were talking about this the other day. So, Busta's just a fun dude. Yeah. Um, when you see him in movies, remember his, he did TV commercials. Hey, Busta, Busta, hey, Busta. You remember, like, I mean, he's, he was everywhere for a minute. Yeah. Everybody liked him because he was a fun dude. I think he did a Sprite commercial. Yeah, he did. I think he did many Sprite commercials. <laughs> um, everybody sort of liked him. His raps were fun. What's funny is today, uh, if you get on TikTok, you, we talk about the speed rap mm. a lot. There's all these people that try to, like, word for word, do speed rap songs, and he's one of them that people try to do it. And so he's still. Prolific. I think people still know who he is. Yep. And oh. I'm going to break out one of my honorable mentions, Mr. Hype Williams, director. One of the reasons why Buster was so colorful back then, and still is now, was because of that man. Probably one of the most influential, um, well, back when MTV showed videos. Right. You know. When they did? When was that? I know. It was like back in the... Last century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barely in the 90s. Right. Sucks. Um, we were talking about the other day, though, that um, I used to date this girl back in the day. And I remember her looking at me and saying, I want to have sex all night <laughs> while that song plays. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's So it's, uh, oh, how's it going to be, is the one he did with Janet. Mm. And it is it's hot. so fucking hot. And when I saw Janet in concert, she actually did it. They, it wasn't Busta that they played. It was like had a part that played, but it wasn't. But it was that song's. Not only is that video awesome, mm-hmm. video is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's got like them like doing the like the melting metal yeah. shit, and, and you're looking at Janet going, she's going like, gonna make, gonna make, gonna make your body, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my god, I want to make her body sweat because <laughs> it's Janet. And even in her 50s now, she is still smoking hot. I know, because I saw her two years ago. She was hot. So, yeah. Um, and I remember going to see, let's see, I think he was in Shaft, the one with uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, um, from what I gathered, they did not get along. They might not have. That's weird. They seem like they'd both be guys that you'd probably like to hang out with. You think? Um, he was in, uh, oh, God, Finding Forrester. Yeah, and with Sean Connery. Which a great movie. Apparently, he didn't get along with anybody. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Finding Forrester? I've seen like um, I like the movie bits and pieces, and I like him in it. He's not. He's not. He's got. He's a supporting actor, and he plays the main kid's brother. You know, I think one time I saw a video Busta doing a, a Sean Connery impersonation. That would be amazing, right? I'd like to see that. So, 
Shake it, Dexter. <laughs> Sorry. Was that is that always your Busta impression? Do you always do that weird? Well, with the Sean Connery thing, you know, people can't see what he's doing. I'm just kind of flailing my legs yes, and arms are. are akimbo. Just Kimbo Slice. Yeah. He's not a rapper. No. Uh, so that's Buster Rhymes. He made my list. He made your list. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next one on my list also crosses over. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that as well. Did not make Stewie's list. So um, when I brought this up, uh, I was talking to fan of the show, friend of the show, Kelly. Uh, she's like, can I write a list? And I'm like, yeah, write a list. So I've got her list. I believe he did make her list. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, Kelly, one of the people on your list, I couldn't talk about them because their first album didn't come out till 2001. And those break the rules of my show. <laughs> 50 Cent is not allowed on my show. Sorry. Sorry. It's just the way it goes. But he is a predecessor of Dre and... Yes, but his first album came out in 2001. Yep. No mm-hmm. Fitty Cent. But yeah. this guy was on our list. This guy was on my list. This guy was on your list. And it's not that Stewie does not like this guy, because I know for a fact that he did, especially since Stewie gave me one of his cassettes back in the day. It would be one Mr. Calvin Cordozer Brodus Jr., Better known to the world as Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg in the house tonight. Born October 20th, 1971, professionally known as Snoop Dogg, previously Snoop Doggy Dogg, and briefly as Snoop, Snoop Lion. Lion. Never heard his reggae shit. You don't want to. I, 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 I do kind of want to no. hear it. I do, I, yes, I do. I kind of want to hear it. It's kind of like the, the Van Halen 3. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, I wanted to hear that and check it out, so, you know. Can you imagine living your whole life where everyone simply knows you as Snoop? And kind of wish Spanky was here to tell and us what always, it felt like. And always the guy that gets high. I kind of wish Spanky was here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his fame dates back to 1992 when he was featured on Dr. Dre's debut solo album, Deep Cover. Yep. And then Dre's debut solo album, now. The Chronic. Mm. He was featured on both of them. Uh, what'd you say? Who would who would have thought he'd be more famous now for other stupidities? Well, we get to that too. That's kind of what he does. I mean, Snoop has since sold over twenty three million albums in the United States and thirty five million albums worldwide. His debut solo album, Doggy Style, produced by Dr. Dre, was released by Death Row Records in November of nineteen ninety three. Uh, debuted at number one on the popular albums chart, the Billboard 200, and on Billboard's top R&B hip-hop albums chart, number one on all three of those charts, uh, selling 800,000 copies in his first week. Uh, Doggy Style was certified quadruple platinum in 1994 and bore several hit singles. Can you guys tell me a couple of them? Off Doggy Style. Doggy Style, you know Nothing one. but a G thing? No. No? No. That was off the second album. Was it not? Maybe it was. Oh, was it? Was it? Gin and Juice. Gin and, yeah, gin and Juice. juice. Yeah. No, uh, I think Nothing But a G Thing was what's on my the first name? Album. Was it? I think so. Should we look it up? We can, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, we all have phones. Mm. Um, what's My Name, Gin and Juice. Uh, 1994, Death Row Records released a soundtrack by Snoop for the short film Murder Was the Case. Uh, starring Snoop Dogg. That was actually a good song, too. Mm-hmm. And his second the album gave me. was the one that Stewie gave me on cassette, which was The Dogfather. Um, also debuted at number one on both charts with Snoop's Up 
upside your head. Snoop's upside, upside your head. head. Yeah, as I the lead a fan single. Of that one as much. Yeah, that's probably why you gave it to me. That and you bought the. I was a holdout on cassettes. Stu probably got the CD and was like, "Here you go." Yeah, it. it probably was that. Uh, anyway, the next year the album was certified double platinum. Uh, after leaving Death Row Records and what was it on there? I didn't think it was. All right, well, wait, wait, maybe that was Dr. Dre. I I, I just I was like I don't think it was. I no, I didn't. No. I think you're right. Hold on, I don't remember it being on Doggy Style. Talk yourself. Of course, you know. Bow wow wow you yo you be Yeah, that um. Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh, after leaving Death Row Records in January 1998, Snoop, Snoop signed with. When he left Death Row, who did he sign with? Somebody that used to be huge, huge. I kind of forgot about him, and I'm like, oh yeah, people used to wear like gold chains with their shit on it. No limit. Oh, wow. No That's limit. right. Totally forgot all about him. Yeah, yeah. totally it, forgot. It wasn't the Snoop Dogg. It was Dr. Dre's yeah, The Chronic. Okay. Well, that makes sense because Chronic came out before. And that's what So that's why him. you were thinking it was earlier, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you remember everybody would wear the No yeah. Limit tanks and shit? And that was huge, the gold shit. I, I was like, oh, yeah, No Limit. I forgot all about those guys. Uh, that was uh, the the rap version of the the wrestling championship belts. Kind of was. I mean, like, was that the country guys were wearing. Yep. Um, that's part of like the Dirty South right there. <laughs> Snoop oh. signed with No Limit. They released, re- released three Snoop albums. The Game to Be Sold, Not to Be Told. That was in 1998. Uh, no Limit Top Dog, 1999. And The Last Meal in 2000. In 2002, he signed with... I, I really don't go in the thousands a lot, but I just like to tell you all the people he's been with. He signed with Priority Capital EMI Records, releasing... Paid paid the cost to be the boss. In 2004, he signed with Geffen Records, releasing his next three albums, RNG, Rhythm and Gangsta, The Masterpiece. Then The Blue... It's hard to say it the way he writes it. The, not the, the, the Blue Carpet Treatment and Ego Trippin'. Priority Records released his album Malice in Wonderland during 2009, followed by Dogumentary. Um... During 2011, Snoop Dogg has starred in motion pictures and hosted several television shows. Guys, there's something great coming up here. Television shows. He also coaches a youth football league yep. and high school football. I think that's actually defunct uh, now. Which I totally cannot picture, but they fucking need a reality show of that shit. Well, I want to watch Snoop Dogg coaching like peewee football. Like I you said, know, I think it's defunct now. Run, but. motherfucker. No, Run. Luke from Two Life Crew, he used to do the same thing. No, that I could see. Snoop's so like, run, motherfucker. Run with the ball. <laughs> Shit. Run your bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, but no, I don't even picture him saying bitch ass. He's so like, ah, motherfucker. Did you, have you watched the clips of him from New Year's Eve with Anderson Cooper? No. Oh, my God. It's Anderson Cooper and, uh, oh, God, what's the other dude? Anyway, they're like, we're going to play a little game with you, Snoop. Uh, we're going to play his Snoop got high there. And like they're like naming shit, and Snoop's like, I have got high there. <laughs> it's like every place they're coming up with, only like one or two that he's like, I have not got high there, but I got out high outside of there once. <laughs> I mean, and they're like, in the White House, he's like, I did. <laughs> he's like, they're like, you got, you got. And they, he, they obviously knew, but 
there's like one or two places where he's like, I did not get high there. But most of them, I did get high there. You got high in the White House? It's, yeah, he did. It's pretty. How? Why? His implication is that he got high with Barack Obama. Now, I don't what? know if that's true. By the that's way, that's awesome. If so, good for you, Barack. <laughs> I don't even smoke, but damn. I used to always say, you know, it's so funny because people with Bill Clinton are like, he got high. He's like, I smoked it, but I did not inhale. I'm like, dude, I don't look at him and said, it was college. I got fucked up. I think he would have had more people go, what? Like, it's like, yeah, dude. I mean, it was in college and I got fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, you're human? What? Like, own it. You know, it's not like, you know, you slept with people in the world. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, so, yeah, Snoop is one of those characters right now. Like, Snoop has broken through so many markets, and everyone, everyone knows who Snoop is. And, yes, yeah. he uh, he did this whole thing where he went to, like, Jamaica and came back and decided he wanted to be go back to his reggae roots mm-hmm. and change his name to Snoop Lion, which was dumb, Yeah, and released a reggae album. I know nothing about that album. Um but I mean, the dude is like, oh, they were like, have you gotten high with Martha Stewart? He's like, I have gotten high. Of course he has. Yeah. You know, Martha's probably like, you know, blunting it up all the time. Oh, yeah. But they, they do a show together and my stepmom loves it. And she has become a, she just loves Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and uh, uh, they bought her a bottle of Snoop Dogg's wine. Mm-hmm. And she, they all actually said it was pretty good. They were supposed to save me some. But she drank the whole bottle, but some of the others tried it and said it was actually decent wine. <laughs> um, he has been involved in porn. Yep. Where apparently, I've never seen it, but apparently he just walks through the house and watches people and goes, yeah, which totally sounds like something he would do. Did you? You've seen it how it used to. Don't say why, because you should have been listening to the show <laughs> instead of playing on your phone, which is what you are doing. I was reading something about a friend. You've been playing on your phone. I was the reading show. something about a friend right there. All right, so have you? How what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So I'll just listen back to the show. As how much Dewey does not give a shit about you guys out there. He doesn't care about it. Nope. You're, hey, you're not his friends. You're not his friends at all. Someone's farting. Um, that stinks. <laughs> what? Or anyway. they're spreading the legs one or two. Um, has been involved in talk shows. He's been involved in game shows. He's pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. You can't, I mean, and everybody knows who Snoop is. Like, you just, he's kind of done a really good job of making his name known. Like, right. he's never going to be forgotten, I don't think. He'll, oh, God, he'll no. always be going to be remembered. Uh, but Snoop had fall, fallen on my list, had fallen on Casey's list, and Kelly had asked about him as well. So he went next. Um, I think that's it as far as uh, who we all tied into. And then I've got, um, I've got my next person on my list, so I will go into them right now. Uh, American rapper and songwriter, Notorious B.I.G., rooted in the New York rap scene and gangster rap traditions, considered one of the greatest rappers of all time. The Notorious B.I.G. became known uh, for his distinctive laid-back lyrical delivery, offsetting the lyrics' often grim content um, and his own intimidating appearance. Was a little intimidating looking. He kind of had that, you know, big man. Yeah, but I mean, he got bigger. <laughs> like if you look at him in this song, and then a little bit later, he definitely big man in a Cosby sweater. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is very true. And usually like a Kango style hat yeah. or a flat cap. Mm-hmm, that was kind of a thing. 
his music his music was often semi autobiographical, telling his of his hardships and criminality, and also of debauchery and celebration of it. Uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, he signed with uh, Sean Puffy's label Bad Boy Records at its launch in 1993, and gained exposure through features on several other artist singles that year. His debut album, Ready to Die, in 1994, was met with widespread critical acclaim, and including his signature songs, Juicy and I Love It When You Call Me Big Papa. Throw your hands in the air if you's a big player. That's a long song title. It is. It's very long. Um, That's what she said. You guys shut up. I can't read Song title. Uh, the album made him the central figure in the East Coast hip-hop and restored New York's visibility at the time when the West Coast hip-hop scene was dominating hip-hop music. Mm. He was awarded the 95 Billboard Music Awards Rapper of the Year. In 95, he led his protege group, Junior Mafia, mm. a team of himself and longtime friends, including Lil' Kim, to chart success. During 1996, while recording his second album, uh, he got caught up in the East Coast, West Coast hip-hop bullshit. And when we lost... All, you, you ever wonder... Well, we know what Tupac would have done had he lived. Five more albums, apparently, because he, <laughs> he did it any damn way. That's uh, because he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, on March 9th, 1987, uh, uh, Wallace was murdered in a drive-by shooting. The assailant remains unidentified. His second album, Life After Death, Drive by. a double album, was released two weeks after he died. Yeah. It reached number one on the Billboard 200 and eventually achieved a diamond certification in the U.S. with two more posthumous albums released. Posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous? Posthumous. Two albums released after his death. <laughs> uh, Notorious B.I.G. has accrued certified sales of over 28 million copies in the United States. Rolling Stone has called him the greatest rapper that ever lived, and Billboard named him the greatest rapper of all time. The Source magazine named him the greatest rapper of all time in its 150th issue. In 2006, MTV ranked him number three on their list of the greatest MCs of all time, calling him possibly the most skillful ever on the mic. In 2020, the Notorious B.I.G. was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um... Yeah, I mean, kind of sucks. He was very young when he died. Mm -hmm. He was like 27, right? We talked about I think this. he was part of the, part 27, of the 27 Club. club. And Ooh, wow. it's really sad to think that he had this huge hit album, never even got to see the success of his second album because it came out two weeks after he died. It, you know, we were I just joked about it and said, you wonder what these guys would have done had you know, they lived. But I wonder I'm what these guys would have done had they lived. Well, again, we know what Tupac would have done. He kept, how the hell did I up? Here's the thing about Notorious, and I'll, I'll let you get to that in a second. But here's the thing about Biggie. Biggie had tons of shit come out after he died because of Puffy. Mm -hmm. Where the hell was all Pac stuff coming from? Death Row. He had five albums worth Appar of shit. What, is he Prince? Apparently, he apparently was always... Apparently, he was. <laughs> apparently, he was always in the studio. What, is he Prince? Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, what were you going to say before I... What I was going to say is, um, with uh, Biggie dying two weeks before his release, now, I'm not saying that the, the album was good or bad, but... Well, did it help the sales? Would it Probably. Have, would it have been as big if he would have stayed alive? I think... I think Yes, but okay. Or was it? Oh, he's dead. I got to hear this now. Or yeah, no, I, I think that absolutely helped the sales 
quicker. But if an album sucks, it still sucks. Right. I think that it might have taken longer to reach that status. I think that when somebody dies and an album is well, released, like, um, Kurt Cobain, for like example. Recently, uh, you know. in the last few years, Chris Cornell died right. of suicide, and also Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. Yeah, that whole thing and is weird, because they were friends, and it wasn't that far apart. Like a year apart. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. But yet their themselves. album sales just spiked right after. Sure, it does. well, that always happens. Yeah, I guarantee, well, Tom Petty died, and I guarantee people right. went out oh, and bought yeah. Tom Petty albums. So, yeah, it, I guarantee it didn't hurt, and I'm sure that those sales skyrocketed mm-hmm. instantly. I think that that album would have probably achieved that status over time anyway. It just probably did it a hell of a lot faster. I absolutely think yes. So, I mean, because, you know, people... So what What I mean by that is, like, people who liked him would have probably been like, I need to pick up that the, the new Biggie album, and they might have kind of hemmed and hauled and go, oh, shit, yeah, I still want to get it. And a couple months down the road, they're like, they see it in the store and they buy it. But he died. So he's fresh in everybody's mind. And so they're like, oh, God, I... Yeah, I can't make his hour because he's dead. And they did it with Tupac, too. He's dead. We're never going to hear from him again. What? Got another one? But What's that's going to be the last one we got. What? Another one? What's funny is I'm Fucker not saying dead. that... Uh, <laughs> he's dead. I'm not saying that uh, Puffy tries to make money off of his friend's death, but uh, they made that one song that... Uh, uh, played off a of Sting's yeah. song. But that wasn't... That was but literally was like, supposed to be a tribute. Yeah. Right? I don't think... But it became like one of the biggest hits around. So, <laughs> next on my list is Puff Daddy. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad and the I last on my list. On that one. But it's cool because I just why I went ahead and did it because I think he got a lot of shit because people were like, oh, you're just trying to ride the coattails of your dead friend. And I think that really hurt his feelings. He really suffered mm-hmm. when Biggie died. They were like really close. I don't think just him. I think Lil' Kim and Mace and all those guys... So was he like uh, so Puff Daddy and him were like the cartoon dogs, the Spike yes. and the, the <laughs> Where are we going today, Spike? Where are we going? Shut up. You know where is there a cat? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that Puffy was his... I honestly don't believe his intention. I mean, did he make money off it? Sure. But I think he was just... I don't think he could let go. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, I want a tribute to everything. I want I want him to still be a part of us. And this is the only way I can do it. I I mean, there's always yeah, money. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it's tribute. I mean, I, now that I think about it. I, mean, I don't. And that song especially. That song is all about him, losing him. That's what that song was about. Um, now that I think about it, because Wolfgang uh, Van Halen just released a song for his dad, and it's yeah awesome. Because here's the thing you need to understand, especially today. But even then, Puffy didn't need the money. That's true. Right. Although that doesn't mean he's not all about the money. He didn't need it. It's well, all about the Benjamins, well, baby. I love that. I only like the version they did with Rob Zombie. The one where they don't have Rob Zombie. I like them boring. Both. I it's like too them boring both. for me. I need Rob Zombie going, it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, when they get really yeah. loud and metal. And then Weird Al did it. Mm-hmm. It's all about the Pentiums. But yeah, he's like, what you want to do? Wanna? I loved that song. I had the single. <laughs> I've got to listen to that song. <laughs> it's a great song. So, uh... Sean yeah, when, Combs. When rap went into metal, oh, I always man, love I need, that. I, I need a second. <clears throat> oh, Sean sorry. Combs, also known as Puff Daddy, P Diddy, Puffy, or Diddy. Also Sean John. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. I can, what? The multiple name Pick changes. Pick a name, dude. Diddy Pop. Do you remember, Diddle? God, like how much we all picked on him when he changed it to P Diddy? Yeah. And now we don't even think much of it. But, oh, God, we all hated it. Like, P Diddy, Diddy. 
Like, just call yourself Puffy or Sean. So, um, he's an American rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer, Funny record executive. He that himself. He didn't. <laughs> record executive, entrepreneur, and actor. Combs was born in, and uh, car detail guy. Anyway, he was born in New York City, but was raised in Mount Vernon, New York. Uh, he worked as a talent director at Uptown Records before founding his own record label, Bad Boy Entertainment, in 1993. Uptown, funk you up. How do all these guys? I just want to let's just go find a, a record label. These guys all do it and they become rich. Let's do that. All right. Okay. Uh, Combs' debut album, No Way Out, 1997, has been certified seven times platinum. Not, no Way Out was followed by uh, the successful album. No Way In. Such as Forever in 1999. The saga continues in 2001. And press play in 2006. In 2009, he formed the musical group Dirty Money and released the critically. Oddly enough, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> he really. <laughs> I'm not choked up because you said that. I actually just got. Um, <laughs> no, he's really choked up about what I said. You fucking never heard of that? Um, uh, he, where was I? Dirty Money and released the critically and commercially successful album Last Train to Paris in 2010. Combs also produced and cultivated artists such as Notorious B.I.G. and Mary J. Blige. Uh, he's won three Grammy Awards, two MTV Music Awards, and is the producer of MTV's Making the Band. Uh, in two, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, well, God, yeah, it was you know in that era where and a great day for at least at least it had something to do with music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Forbes in 2019. I, oh, let's let's play a game. In 2019, Forbes estimated his net worth. Let's hear what you guys think. In 2019, last year, what do you think P Diddy's net worth was estimated to be by Forbes magazine? Hmm. We shall start with Stewie. Was he still considered part in like this limelight? It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're just what does his net worth? Well, that might help with me thinking about what's. How is I'm going to well, say? Who are you asking? I don't know. Oh. I'm going to guess five hundred, um, five hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you think five hundred million dollars? Yeah. yeah, maybe about a hundred million. You are both way low. What? In 2019, his estimated net worth was seven hundred and forty million dollars. Of course it is, dude. What you forget is he has cologne lines, clothing lines, car yeah. lines. Yeah, the clothing line alone probably with Shanjan. I mean, there you could buy like Harley. Who didn't have that? like Harley trucks. You could buy Shanjan. Like I had, I had Shanjan. Yeah, I mean, he was everywhere. Yep. And he, and he still has a I hand. Mean, I didn't pay full price like some people would. Well, so what you just asked, is he still considered in the limelight as a rapper? No. no. As a producer, as an entrepreneur, as a guy who still owns all these businesses? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he still, he was a savvy, savvy, savvy businessman. I always man. knew that him and Jay-Z were kind of like close to the financial. Dre. Yeah. I mean, these guys, these guys were smart. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't just like, hey, we're going to become famous. Well, one could argue, you know, Ice Cube, smart. Like, yep. do I think? Do I ever think of him as a businessman? I mean, obviously he has some business skills. He has to. Yeah, look at no. Ice T too. He said, same deal yeah. though. Like, I'm go. I know this this music gig is hard to maintain as you get older. I get that. Some people can pull it off. Most people can't. So where do I steer? You know, like you know, we talk about the the Olsen twins all the time. They've I mean, they're still worth millions because of how they invested and what they got involved in. Puff Daddy is the Olsen twin of rappers. <laughs> <laughs> he is. So he just now? said, 
but thing is, he's not like Donald Dumbass, who fucking put his name on everything. And 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 what people forget is half of his fucking on. half of his fucking businesses went under. I mean, Donald Trump steaks. Who the fuck wants to eat a Trump steak? It sounds horrible. Those are old Trump steaks. Steak. <laughs> but Puffy put his name on smart stuff, and he followed trends. Mm-hmm. He's either like the most savvy ass businessman ever. Or he's smart enough to surround himself by the smartest ass, the savvy ass, the savviest ass fucking businessman ever. I think he knows Warren Buffett. I'm so. sure he does. Yeah. And he, I think he probably garners a lot of respect, but not for reasons like Suge Knight did, not because of intimidation, <laughs> because he made himself, he's a made man. I mean, mm-hmm. he made himself what he is. Yeah. He made my list. We were talking about it because Stu was like, I mean... Isn't he kind of poppy? And then we'll get to some of the shit Stu put on. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, okay, good point. Yeah, he is. He's poppy, sort of. I guess a lot of his stuff is way more upbeat, fun, and poppy. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of these rappers learn. If I wouldn't, bro, bro, if I wouldn't have put him on my list, I would have had Bone Thugs and Harmony, Snoop Dogg, Notorious B.I.G. And freaking West Side Connection. I, I I had to have had something light on my list. Oh, dude. Bust, I had busted up. You know, after talking about all these rappers, I'm like, damn, I should have had that guy oh, on my yeah. list. Her on my list. I'm like, and we're not done. I mean, oh, yeah. That's just me. I'm done. We haven't got to Stewie yet. No. Huh? We haven't got to the the few that Kelly sent it. He asked us to mention them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to mention them because they're great. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to get to them. But first, we're moving into Stew Man Chews. Uh, and we talked about him. We already did Tupac, which was on Stu's list. I knew it was going to be on Stu's. Stu's. Stu's always been a Tupac fan. Um, he was always really, really. I mean, I remember many nights cruising down the road in your car, and you had Tupac playing. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a bandwagon thing. Stu was a big Tupac fan. But what I am going to say is, Stu gave me shit. Not literally gave me shit, but he's like, "Isn't Puffy kind of poppy?" And and then and then Stu picked these guys. Stu picked Kin Play. Uh, he actually looked at me and said, I can't believe Kin Play's not on your list. I'm like, I know, and I guess they kind of should have been because I loved Kin Play. Absolutely. Um, but Stu's always been a monster Kid and Play fan. Uh, you used to do known. the dances, didn't you? We the kid, tried. The, we the tried. Kid step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried. No, we can't actually do them, but we 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 try to act like we can. I think we did like the, the, the one that everyone can do, the, the um, step back. Kick heels and then these guys uh, were a huge part of the East Coast uh, rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're from New York, uh, but they're not. Racer they, heads were like a huge it. thing back then. Uh, they were popular in the very late '80s and the early '90s. The duo was composed of Christopher Reed, aka Kid, Kid, uh, born in 1964, April 15th or April 5th, and Christopher. So there were two Christopher. Wow, Christopher Martin, aka Play. I actually, I like. I, I guess. I like bands with guys named Chris in them. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there too. Yeah, he he gives me shit for being poppy, and, yeah. like picks all poppy bands. Um, born in July tenth, nineteen sixty two. Uh, working aside alongside their DJ Mark DJ Wiz Eastman. Uh, besides chill. besides their successful music careers, they also had notable. They were also notable for branching out into acting. Not that they were good actors. No. It was just fun. But their movies, movies. are fun as fuck. Yeah, and everybody knows. Everybody loves. Everybody loves um, House, House Party, Party One, House Party, Class Act, but Class Act. Yeah. I think Class Act is kind of more people remember it. I don't know why that is. It's probably because it's uh, House Party is probably a 
better movie. Better Class movie? Act was okay. They're yeah. just silly. Yeah. But you know they're silly, and that's what's fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. I still think we need to do a house party class act disorderlies. Like just like, that sounds awesome. Just the episode where we do rappers. That was how come? How come that didn't make it on anybody? Because they're '80s. Oh, I can't. I they I can't think of anything that they really. Yeah, that's true. Major did in the '90s. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, um, yes, but class act uh, house party did they were they they were in the second one right. Yeah. yeah, but not any not past the third. that. Yeah. Nope. Um, pajama jam. <laughs> I think pajama jammy oh, jam. No. Oh, and they introduced guys like Martin Lawrence to the world and yeah. Tisha Campbell. Another bad creation. ABC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like uh, they, T- TLC was in there. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that these guys. They they just they didn't. They might not have brought. Like, they definitely shed a light on yeah. all of them. Um. So we we talked about that. Funhouse or uh, uh, house party was uh, the Friday of. The early 90s. I mean, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Didn't have could, nearly the success, but I get right. what you're saying. Uh, the pair met while performing in rival high school groups, the Turnout Brothers and the Super Lovers. And initially... Formed, wow, I'm glad they both changed. They initially, yeah. went they, different directions. they initially formed their duo under the name The Fresh Force Crew, which sounds so late 80s. And mm-hmm. sounds so awful to try to say. Uh, in 86, She's a Skeezer and Rock Me were recorded... By 1987, they had changed their name to Kid and Play. Uh, they recorded three albums together. Ooh, can Stewie name the three albums? I know one's too hype. Yes. Um, we know them all. Uh, Kid and Play. It's not Kid and Play. It's Kid and Play's... Funhouse. Funhouse, yeah. And Face the Nation. Yeah, face the Nation. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a hard one to get. One, yeah. uh, Two Hype, 88. Kid Plays, Funhouse, 1990. And Face the Nation, 1991. Herbie Lovebug Azer, the producer of For Salt and Peppa, served as Kid Plays manager and producer during the early portion of their career. Uh, I think Salt and Pepper was in there, too. Who? Was Salt and Pepper in the Who? Oh. Salt and Pepper. Thank you. <laughs> My bad. Hey. We, we don't say 50 cents, and we don't say two-pack, so then, I mean... Unless you're from Boston. I say two-pack. Two-pack? But only when I'm joking around. Mm. So we got to say salt and pepper, because that's actually their name. Peppa. Um, all Peppa three Pitt. albums focused upon positive uh, yes. lyrics backed by pop-friendly instrumental tracks. Among the group's most successful singers were 1989's... Hola, hola, eh, hola, hola, eh. Roll, 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 we can play now. Uh, roll, we can play. Number 11 on the Billboard R&B singles chart. 1990s Fun House, uh, number one on the Billboard rap single charts. And Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody, we just dancing, y'all. Uh, another number one rap hit. The group's stage uh, show highlighted their teen-friendly personalities and dance and their dance moves, such as the trademark Kid and Play Kickstep. Uh, kids' visual trademark was high top fade. High top, till 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 class eraser head. He didn't have it. He had the he had the uh, well the mini they, dreads. They uh, actually uh, made it a point in the movie. Yeah. that he changed his hairstyle. Do you remember who? Do you remember who played his dad in class act? Uh, Bern, Speak- Bernie. Bernie? No. Nope. Speaking of, wasn't it? Uh, speaking of Friday, wasn't it? Uh, what's his face? That was who's the guy that had the big bulgy eye? I thought his name was Bernie. Bernie Mac? Bernie Mac, yeah. Bernie Mac didn't play his dad, did no, he? No. He looked that shit so. up. I don't think that's right. No. no he didn't. No, he was someone else. 
Uh, anyway, I just remember mm-hmm. how big how big was them titties again? <laughs> the the uh, the guard or whatever. Yeah. How big was them titties again? Um, oh shit! Where was I? Uh, yes, the high top fade was when it was kind of it stood. Check this shit out. Stood ten inches high at its peak. Rob Robin Ooh. Harris. Oh no, that's Chris. Robin Harris. That was house party. Mm. Might be what I was thinking of. I'm getting the dads mixed up. Uh, and uh, Chris Martin often wore. What did he no, wear? No, Robin Harris was the dad from House Party. Yeah. What, but what, for class act. Yeah. What was oh. What was Chris Martin famous for wearing? His like a little. No, nah, not his hair. Wearing? Yeah. He almost always wore jackets with eight balls on them. I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, huh. thing. Uh, getting play were fun. Um, fun on a different level. Like they were just two. Uh, one of them's like a minister now. Isn't he? Really? Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah. And they Paris, talked. Um, and I think they were supposed to go on tour in 2020. And Stu and I were like, "Oh, we need to see them." And then you know, fuck you, COVID. Um, I I would go, I think think they would be fun as hell to go see. Still, um, I don't know. They're they're just a lot of fun in general. I think I was introduced to Kid and Play by my uh, cousin. By my cousin, she was a couple years older than me, and I think I, I was over at their house. This, I was introduced to them in 1989, so right at the beginning. Um, and she was playing them. And what? Oh, uh, Misak Teller, the guy from um, Designing Women. That's who played his dad? Yeah, from Class Act. God, I must yeah. have been thinking of House Party then. I don't... I, I was totally not... That's I was getting my movies mixed up in my head. Uh, hmm. I was thinking it was... I, th- I was thinking whoever played his dad was in Friday, but maybe I'm wrong about that too. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Who knows? Because uh, I don't think we ever see plays parents. No, he was a delinquent yeah. at the time or something like that. Yeah, well, Robin Harris had died uh, after House Party 1 came out. Well, in Class Act, oh, Kid was like the brain, very smart, and play. With, and like they don't, they get caught up. Well, they got switched. Their, their names yeah. got switched. Because the one girl thought he was real smart, and then the one girl thought he was like this badass. So the, so the nerd ended up getting the hot chick, and yeah. the, the, yeah, the yeah. bad boy got the smart girl. I wonder if we're going to watch that online. <laughs> I have it here if you want. Yeah, classic. Hold on, let me see. How big was them titties? <laughs> so big. Um, so, yeah, kid and play. Uh, like I said, it was my cousin who kind of got me hooked on him. She was listening to him, and I'm like, oh, God, who's this? And I remember uh, hearing, like, Fun House and shit and going, wait, these guys are fun. Who is this? And I, I was... Would have been eighty nine, so I was like thirteen or fourteen or twelve or something shit yeah, like that. Yeah, not all rap had to be about. No, in fact, I'm, and I like that. And I like that some of it isn't. It um, kind of reminds me of um, how metal used to be back in the day. It was all about having fun and partying and. And I think these guys. I mean, much like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, I I think they were respected. I mean, every people look jazz is a fantastic. Like people know he's a fantastic. Um, DJ, every I mean, he he still does it, and he's still good at it. From what I hear, I mean, the guy I mean, he might not be a marshmallow style, but that's a different style of DJ. Right. That's not what he does. Um, 
And I, I love to ask, hear people ask, like, are they still friends? The answer is extremely close friends. Yeah, if not, like, they're very, pretty very much brothers. So a lot of people, I, I know we're getting into uh, totally different artists that's not on anybody's list. I've heard people, and this is funny, I've heard people say, like, oh, we're Smith, you know, he, he moved into acting and everything and just left jazz right behind. Actually... Oddly well, enough, he took jazz with yeah. Actually, but jazz that's not the left case. On his own. Jazz did not even want to be in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He yeah. had to talk him into doing it. Yeah, it, it didn't take like months. Yeah, I think something like that. I know I want to watch that reunion shit, but like from everything I've heard, Jazz did not want to do it. He had to talk him, in, so he didn't leave him anywhere. This was totally Jazz's choice. He didn't want to go that way, so he, he wanted to stay in Philly, he, <laughs> <laughs> and he still. DJing, he obviously, music was where he wanted to be, and he's famous for going around and DJing for people. I mean, like, he's still real famous, I guess. Just people aren't in that scene, so this is what happens a lot. If you're not involved in that scene, then you don't know that that's what he does. People think that if you're not on the radio, you are not a famous musician, and that's not the way the real work world of music works. That's mainstream, but it doesn't... so. Total different topic of music here. It genre. usually helps, but yeah. Total different genre of music here, and I hate this band, and this is one of the reasons I hate this band, but this is a good example. Mm. The Dixie Chicks were hugely popular and made a killer living before anybody knew who the mainstream stream Dixie Dicks, I'm sorry, Dixie Chicks were. The band was started by a girl, and then she got these two sisters to join her band, and they toured like... Um, festivals in these country like uh, like uh, what do you call it what am I looking for like festivals but not like, these country carnivals or not carnivals um, but like uh, anyway they would tour these things and they made a killer living from everything I heard they were really popular people loved them mm. then the two sisters decided to kick the lead singer out of the fucking band like fairgrounds brought yeah but I mean not that's not what I was looking for but um, uh, they kicked her out of the band her band the band she started, they kicked her out, brought Natalie, I sing like my nose is pinched, Mains, because she's think she nasal as like fuck. I uh, uh, Stevie Nicks, in a way. And became mainstream, because that's they wanted to go that direction. Now, to me, I think it's shitty that they kicked her out of the band she started, but that's not the only band that did it. Um, oh, crap. Uh, what's her? Uh, hey, Jealousy. What, what's the fucking name? Jim Blossoms. The Jim Blossoms. They did the same fucking thing to their lead singer. They kicked him. They he started the band. They booted him out. Not the one you know. The one you know is the one that we all heard, but there was an original dude, and that dude ended up killing himself. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. So the Jim Blossoms, the guy started the band with the guys in the band. They kicked him out, and he ended up committing suicide. But in that case, I think it might have had something to do with they were all in the band together, and he was he had some problems like out, drugs and alcohol, and that's why they kicked him out. I don't know. But, yeah. So, I mean, what I'm saying is it is possible for a band... I know musicians that they they make a really good living as musicians. Uh, they're session players. They but so to assume that because we don't and I'll, actually you may hear jazz and not even know that you're hearing him. Like he, he probably has been on lots of people's songs and records. You just didn't even fucking. Are you going and reading the liner notes? So you may not know. Mm. Happens all the time. I mean. Famous musicians play and shit all the time, and if you don't know, you just don't know. What are liner notes? Shut the fuck up. You people still buy CDs. <laughs> Not often, but they do. Um, yeah, how do you do liner notes on iTunes? There's a credit <laughs> list. Well, you look up Google. You ready for Stewie's next one? Yeah. Mr. Isn't that kind of poppy? <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Um, crisscross. Crisscross. Consisted of Chris Mac Daddy Kelly and Chris Mac Daddy Smith. Or Daddy Mac Smith. I have a thing for Chris's parents. Apparently he Yeah, does. apparently. So Chris Mac Daddy Kelly and Chris Daddy Mac Smith. Uh, Chris Cross were the youngest hip-hop duo to gain success with gold and platinum albums at the age of 12 and 13 years old. Um, they had been... And I could have done Jump, but I didn't like Jump. This is the song of theirs that I actually kind of thought was fun. I was not a big fan of Chris Cross. I had found them to be obnoxious little kids who wore their clothes backwards for a reason I could not tell. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, they have been re- uh, referenced on the albums of song of, or songs of Eminem, Dr. Dre, Tupac, and Method Man. Man. Method Man. That's his group, uh, Method Man. Uh, so Method all Man. of them have referenced these kids at some point. Uh, they were discovered by... Uh, Do you know? It was Janet Jackson's ex-husband, mm. uh, Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. I forgot him. Oh, uh, my God. He used to be like the Puff Daddy of the day. But God, yeah. Know, that's impressive. Stu grabbed the mic for a second. I thought he was going to say it like, oh, no. No, I didn't even realize Which it. I would have probably pooped a little if you'd have known. I kind of knew he'd know. He knows. I know who J- uh, Well, sure, was. you know who he is, but I didn't know he discovered them. I didn't really know. Uh, he discovered them in 1991, and they hit worldwide status the following year with their smash hit debut single, Jump. Yeah, I love that song. It's like dun 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 dun, right? Oh, it's not that one. Oh, it's for my love, jump it, right? Is that one? It's not that one either. You give me a weird look. It's not either of those. There's another song called Jump. Maybe it's called One because there's like 15 of those songs too. What I'm saying is some songs just get named the same thing along. <laughs> yep. Uh, jump. Where everybody fucking knows Jump, or, right? Uh, was it the uh Jump around is not the same. There's yeah, another yeah. word in there. <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, no, everybody knows the crisscross jump, right? Because mm-hmm. Mac a, Daddy. I was in high school when this shit came I mean, big. The Mac Daddy make you jump, jump, jump. The Daddy Mac will make you jump, jump. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, topped the Billboard Hot 100 for eight weeks and was certified double platinum as a single. How much money do you think these little fuckers made at 13 and 12? How much vagina do you think was being thrown at these kids? Every s- and a twelve-year-old barely knows what's going on. Well, the fact that the they Jackson were five. the fact that they're wearing their pants backwards probably didn't help. Man, I really got to take a dump. Zip. Well, that makes that easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but seriously, do you think like you know? Okay, they were famous and they were probably rich, and they mm-hmm. developed a style. That was short-lived, but... The, and one of them the developed style. some habits. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about that. Uh, they actually went on to release three studio albums. I didn't know that. I honestly only thought they had one, but apparently... Really? They actually they made two when they were they younger, were, and then one when they were like in their this. early, late, mid-20s, I think, or 30s. Like I said, if you don't know, you just don't know, and I wasn't in that world. I thought they had one album. I thought they... Yeah, apparently, they were way more popular than they thought I thought if they were. If you don't know, yeah. now you um, know. Their debut album, Totally... Uh, crossed, crossed out, out. Mm-hmm. topping the U.S. Billboard 200, and their following album, Da Bomb, and Young, Rich, and Dangerous, making it into the top 20. Uh, they were noted for their signature fashion of wearing their clothes backwards. That was a dumb fashion. Yeah, yeah well. And there were, like, some kids who would actually do Run it. DMC did some dumb shit, too. Let's not tie our shoes. Why? You're going to trip and You're fall. Gonna fall. You're going to get didn't, hurt. They did not not tie their shoes. They didn't have any shoelaces in their shoes. That's true, too. Yeah. that's that. You are very right. They just didn't bother with their shoelaces. Uh, uh, 
they were friends from the first grade and even got to tour with what famous person did they tour with somebody very, very, very famous, not a rapper. Frank Sinatra. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> they actually toured with Michael Jackson. At the age of 34, Chris Kelly passed away from a drug overdose. And yep. That was in 2013. Unfortunately, he had battled addiction for years and was actually um, had just been out of rehab for like a week. Damn. So apparently, some what if some of his family said he just really struggled with it for a long time. Um, I don't know the two of them part, like which one's name is which, but I'm watching videos going, I bet that's the one that tried, tried, tried um, I think the one that died was the... The meaner looking one, right? The puffier face. Yeah, one, he looked meaner. Round, yeah. yeah, rounder face. He was one. extra tall, wasn't he? What? Nope. Oh, never mind, I had a stroke. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that sounder board up. Mm. I had to switch over to the music uh, board. Hold on, let me reach for slide whistle. Uh, so yeah, Stu was always a fan. Yeah, I never was a big fan. I was so much a fan even in high school. I got overalls and had their. Uh, he did crisscross and jump, it. jump, airbrush. Well, they were like uh, striped, like color. Like I don't know how to explain that style. They were right. That was, they were just regular bibs. It's the, uh, had the airbrush on the legs. Yeah, but there was something. Oh, you had them airbrushed. Yeah, you're such. Damn. <laughs> he also got a license plate on his car that said Stupak. I mean, you're asking for ridicule here is what you're doing. <laughs> the problem is, is I would do something like that. I wouldn't put Stupak on my car. But peop- the difference between me and Stu is when people make fun of me, I don't care. It bugs the piss out of him. <laughs> no, I know he had like a cowboy boot phase, but is this before or after? It's probably right around the same time. Yeah, this thing is Honestly. Dirty. Uh, so the thing with Stu is, I so you had a, cowboy I redneck, boots, but yeah. I loved rap. Well, here's what you got to hear about. Here's what you got to know about Stu in high school, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm gonna. There was what Stewie liked, and what Stewie pretended to like to try to fit him with what he thought were his cool friends. And you cannot deny that that is 100 percent true because what I know about Stu is he hates country music. Now, I kind I still kind of like the stuff from back in the day. What, what cup, one or two bands? He used to have a Garth Brooks shirt. Like it looked like the shit the pieces. Wore. It looked like a chessboard. You should have liked it. <laughs> you steal well, this chess pattern. Kevin comes in, kicks you over, and just starts putting pieces on your back. Yeah. <laughs> funny because the board. Funny you say that because the album was called In Pieces. In Pieces, it really was. Yeah, the Garth Brooks album. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's very true. In high school, there was what Stewie liked and what Stewie pretended to like to fit in with his friends. I was drunk going through a, a phase. You were huh? in high school, dude. Yeah, I was trying I mean, to find lots myself. Lots of people do yeah. that. <laughs> I was trying to find myself. Never did. Lost that motherfucker. <laughs> Gone. Fuck a wall, though. <laughs> Fucking. There he is. Oh, God. Nope. That was just another dude in glasses. <laughs> um, yeah, but Stu, Stu always. Yeah, he. it would have been the same time. It would have yeah. been the same. For me, I think it was. Um, I was probably around that 16, 17-year-old age, and I'm going, fuck these little fuckers wearing their clothes backwards. They're dumbasses. So you know how that goes. You get that kind of like young, uh, can't stand these youngins because they're just. (laughs) Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I won't name names, but um, she said, I am. (laughs) I'm I'm a huge new kids on the block fan. I said, oh, you shouldn't say that out loud. She said, but I am. I was like, you, yeah, you shouldn't say that out loud. I'm just fucking with her. I was, again, of that age where there's. I was a dude mm-hmm. 
at that time, there was no way no. I was going to do No, absolutely not. And she said, I, I want to come on your show and do a New Kids on the Block episode. I said, it'll be you talking and us making fun of you the whole right. time. <laughs> we should make that happen. <laughs> we should do it. It would actually be a lot of fun, I think. But uh, um, but yeah. Making so, fun of her? Yes. But there's that thing, right? Like, I, w- I did the same stuff about NSYNC, and I'm going to tell you right now, I love some NSYNC songs. <laughs> like, and I love a lot of Justin Timberlake songs. I was fucking with her so bad last night when she said she was a big fan of... of uh, New Kids, I was like, I mean, I don't like them. I do like Joey Fatone, but he was my favorite new kid. She's like, they wasn't even with him. I'm like, I know. Like, that's why I'm just telling you they're all the same. She's like, no, they're not. I'm like, I know that, too. I'm just talking about you. It's funny. That's how I used to think, though, back in the day. They're all the same. So I think I was just of that age where I'm kind of a teenager, like, oh, these stupid little kids are wearing their clothes backwards. I was never going to have any respect for them. Um, but now I kind of appreciate some of their... Uh, I don't know that much of their stuff. And... The one I just played, um, which I totally forgot the, which song I just played, but what did I just play? Uh, I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, me too. Play it again. Okay. Play it again. What, what, warm, what up, warm Chris? It up, what up, Chris? Um, oh, warm it up, Chris. Yeah. I thought it said word up. This was sorry. probably... I, I kind of thought that too. I might have known... A, Maybe three of their songs had ever heard, and one of those is Jump. I always thought this one was love. Like, me and Stu, we'll talk about it when we talk about another rapper. Um, when me and, Stu, me and Stu have always liked, uh, like, Sir Mix a lot. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Oh, my God. Uh, Baby Got see, Back. Oh, my God. Did you see that video? But mine and Stu's uh, favorite Sir Mix a lot song. My Hope Tees on Broadway? No, no. We love. Buttermilk biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> I was a, playing that. It's like in high speed. You don't know buttermilk speed. biscuits? I don't think I do. <gasps> I probably heard. Steve's gonna pull it up. But I'm sorry. Right. I was pull, uh, Mary Grace was making. I was over uh, my dad's house here the other day, and my stepmom was making something. I was like, "What are you making?" She goes, "Buttermilk biscuits." And of course, I'm like, "Oh!" And I, I start singing. It. She's like, "What?" And I pulled the song up, and she was cracking up. I was like, "You were making buttermilk biscuits." Stewie's pulling it up on his phone. We're gonna. How the hell do you not know buttermilk biscuits? Anyway, it's a much better song than Baby Got Back, which I love Baby Got Back. Don't get me wrong, but this is this is some, if he ever gets it pulled up, this is some. Ads. Oh, God. Don't you hate that shit? Yeah, but. And that's before that crazy frog shit. <laughs> and did you? You don't know that song. Right I reposted. Well, you're gonna be listening to it later. Yeah. I reposted it through the 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 page and everything, but they have a remake in country form. <laughs> well, they're Damn. talking. It's gonna be a long show. They, they, had, <laughs> they had a remake in country foam and form, foam, country form, country foam, <laughs> and uh, the the video actually had some mix lot. In it, like 
Where are you as going? Like you better the, hurry because yours is coming up. As like he's the producer of watching these guys uh, do a tryout. I'm like, what the f-, f am I watching? I think you were telling me about that. It's, it's I mean, it's awful in greatness. Yeah, and greatness. Well, I, I think people forget, like, they get so caught up in, like, oh, Sir Mix a lot, baby, got back. It's like, well, you know, he did other stuff, which. He did do a. a like, I gotta wait for Kevin one. to get back because you have one more artist on yours, which right. also this the, the the song everybody knows him for is mm. actually an '80s song, which is what I'm right. gonna play because that's what everybody knows him for. I don't know if you caught that. Like most of the songs I'm playing might not might might be one of my favorites. Might not. I'm just sort of playing what people know them for. But I didn't want to play Jump because everybody plays Jump. I was <laughs> like, you know, I kind of wanted to give him some credit of right. I guess you know. But yeah, I don't. I think, like I said, I with Chris Cross, it was just the era for me. I don't think I was prepared. I don't, I'm not saying I'm, I don't know much. You obviously knew everything. Um, you're like naming albums and shit. Did you own all three of their albums? Yes. So one came out. So they tried. They the bomb sp- was afterwards after they hit it big, and it kind of. Bombed. bombed. <laughs> the bomb bombed. But the third well, I mean, one, according to what I read, they they all all three albums did. No, okay. they did good. They just didn't hit as good as their the, album was. The bomb, and then Young, Rich, and Dangerous. Young, Rich, and Dangerous. And happened both of those about, made it into the top twenty. Young, Rich, and Dangerous. I think happened like about ten or fifteen years later. Yeah, I don't know if they like did. Then they kind of split ways a little bit and then get back together. I think and, so, but I, they, they were a lot older then. They right. were, I mean, so we gonna move on because luckily, I mean, two of yours is we already hit them because mm-hmm. of me and one is two's, but we do have one more from Stewie, and this was the last one Stewie picked for the list. Now, this song is from the eighties, ah. but it's also his Young most Young famous song. Uh, Marvin Young, born May tenth, nineteen. You know, it's funny we get like Puff Daddy and Notorious B.I.G., and we get Young MC, whose name really is Young. Uh, born May 10th, 1967, better known by his stage uh, name, Young MC. British-born American rapper. In other words, he was born in England, but he moved here when he was really young. Um, I think like I think I think read like in grade school, elementary school or some shit. Oh, between um, him and Slick Rick. Oh. He is best known for his yeah. 1989 hit, Bust, Bust a Move. Uh, his debut album, Stone Cold Rhythm, uh, found international acclaim. However... Subsequent albums have not reached the same level of success. Young has also appeared in films and acting roles and cameo appearances and has appeared in several television programs. At USC, he met Michael Ross and Matt Dyke from the record company Delicious Vinyl. Mm. Uh, Young rapped over the phone for Ross and Dyke, who ended up delivering a record contract to him uh, to his USC dorm room in 1989. He collaborated with don't look, baby. Uh, and on the songs Wild Thing and Funky Cold Medina, uh, he gained fame with the release of Bust a Move, which reached number seven on the Billboard Top. Everybody fucking knows this. They still play it in clubs today. You can't, I mean, everybody knows Bust a Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he won a Grammy for Best Rap Performance for that song. Uh, the single helped Young's debut album, Stone Cold Rhythm, to reach number nine on the Billboard 200 and attain platinum status in the U.S. The follow-up single, Principal's Office, was nominated for Best Rap Video in the 1990 MTV Music Video Awards. 
Uh, following Young's success, he left Delici- Delicious Vinyl, citing restrictions on his work and unwanted changes to his album. The label sued him for breach of contract, and they settled out of court. He signed with Capitol Records and released his second album, Brainstorm, in 1991. It reached number 66 on the Billboard 200. Despite the absence of any strong single, the album achieved gold status in the U.S. His third album, however, uh, What's the Flavor, released in 93, was a failure. Uh, with both the album and its single failing to chart. It was his second and final album on Capitol Records. In 97, he released his fourth album, Return of the One-Hit Wonder. Great, <laughs> great fucking name. Like I, I like that he... He embraced I it. I did. I like that. Uh, he did that on an independent lab- label, Overall Records. It produced two singles, Madam Butterfly and On a Poppin', which charted at number 25 and number 23, respectively, on the hip-hop song chart. In 2000, he released his fifth, fifth album, Ain't Going Out Like That, on his own record label, Young Man Moving Records. The album was Young's first to chart since Brainstorm, peaking at number 85 on the top R&B hip-hop album chart. <sighs> and Stu says he liked them. Yeah, uh, the main reason why I liked them is, is well, not, not the main reason I liked them, but the reason, main reason why I put them on the list was... Um, that was my first CD ever I had ever bought. Wow. Fair enough. I mean, I like. I never listened to we it. We never we we I had know. a CD I player, but it. it was like the family CD player. Yeah, we had one too. We had a big stereo, and it was like my first one that I ever was able to buy. And I was like, I listened to it all the time. I'd I'd be that kid on the ground. The CD I listened next, to next all to the, the time through ours was uh, Synchronicity by the Police. You know, it's kind of what. Amy, a police fan. So I get it. I get it. Mine was better, but I get it. (laughs) So let's move on to KC's. Uh, We only have a a couple uh, to go through here with KC. Uh, His first one uh, on this list. They're a little out of whack for my notes, but that's okay. I can still. First one on the list, I think, became way famous later. American hip-hop duo formed in 1992, East Point, Georgia. Consisting of Atlantic-based rappers Andre 3000, I just look at his two's face, uh, Benjamin, formerly known as Dre, and Antoine Big Boy Patton, better known as Outcast. Uh, widely recognized for their intricate lyricism, memorable melodies, and positive messages, Outcast is often regarded as one of the greatest and most influential hip-hop duos of all time. The duo achieved both critical acclaim and commercial success from the mid-1990s to the early 2000s, helping to popularize Southern hip-hop while experimenting. See, they're they're Southern hip-hop. They're from Georgia. Uh, While experimenting with diverse genres such as funk, psychedelia, jazz, and techno. And yeah, that's very accurate. I mean, there's a lot of jazz hooks and and, uh, funk hooks in their songs. Uh, And and I would say these guys were, were one of those groups that continued to... Just rise in popularity so mm-hmm. much so that I mean Andre is huge just by himself. Too, right. So, um, how huge is he? He's so huge. I can't do it. You can you, you do a much better Trump than me. Uh, so huge. That wasn't good. Yeah. So huge. Uh, Benjamin and Patton formed the group as high school students in '92. So huge. I will not even be attending. Outcast released their. <laughs> Debut album. I can't say it. Say their debut. It's not because there's a bad word. I just can't say it. Uh, Atlians. It's no. No. This is one word. Southern playalistic oh, yeah. music. 
Southern playlistic gadilic okay. music. Psychedelic. Makes that word. Southern playlistic. Oh, read that, Stu. I want to. I want to hear this. <clears throat> Southern. Southern playlistic. This is gonna be. Southern playlistic. No, there's no player. Playlisticalic music. Expialidocious. <laughs> Looks like it says Cadillac. It's very hard to read. That's the name of their f- debut album. I forgot. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Atlantis was their second 1994. Album, right? yeah. uh, that, which had the popular single, which we just played, which was. <laughs> which had the popular single that we just played, which was. Oh, ca- oh. Yeah. You, were, you were singing it. Um, let's see. Cadillac. Player's uh, ball. Yeah. Uh, reached number one on the Billboard Hot Rap track charts. Uh, which was Bombs Over Bad Dad? With successive uh, releases. Uh, Stank on you. Uh, their next album was Stank on you. No. Their next uh, album. Their second album was Oh Atlians. Atlians, nineteen ninety six, and A- Aquamini. Oh Aquamini. Aquamini. Oh, okay. Uh, the duo further developed their sound, experimenting with a variety of styles and achieving much, much commercial. Aquamini is when I got hooked Success. on the Outcast. Yeah, I mean, I when I heard bombs over Baghdad, that's, that's when, when I, I knew oh, they yeah. existed. I didn't know till then. I could see that. I mean, again, listen to Aquamanite. That's a, I think it's a better album, really. I mean, you know, it doesn't. I I just like to check it now to make sure it's. I you know because that one show we lost, I get kind of phobic. Yeah, we're over two hours. Yeah, uh, it's just the three of us. But it's rap, man. We knew. I as soon as we started getting into it, I, I mean, this is a topic that we all had. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we don't talk about it much that we all loved it in it in you know we all have our differences true and we all have our similarities and this is just one of our where we all kind of group together like me and kev like a lot of the same music me and Stu like a lot of the same music i don't think you guys me and kev don't (laughs) (laughs) you do i'm fucking Stu, you like i like crisscross you know that's what i'm saying and now we have something but i mean like he likes prince you like prince i mean you guys like similar music Mm -hmm. but i mean you're Taste and favorite music isn't the same. Mm. Um, I like everything because that's how I was raised. But this is an he area likes where NPR. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever listened to it for real? No. There's probably stuff on there you would like, actually. Uh, I mean, Kev, it's your list, so what the fuck ever. <laughs> MC Hammer, Stanley Kirk. He was my honor Burl. mention. Yeah. Born March thirtieth, nineteen sixty-two. Better known as Mick Hammer. MC. Or simply Hammer. Or Hammer, uh, don't hurt him. He's an American rapper, dancer, yes. record producer, entrepreneur who had his greatest Preacher. commercial success with the popularity from uh, the late 80s, early 90s. This song is actually 1989 originally, but kind of grew big in 1990. You want to hear a fun story about that song? My mom actually liked it. Well, that doesn't. I knew your mom. That really doesn't surprise me. She was totally something she would. Didn't she like. Too legit to quit, and she was an MC Hammer fan. I can't wasn't remember she? if she I, did I kind of feel like she was like just sort of a pseudo Hammer fan after that. Did she I, do the hand sign like the too legit? I don't. I can't remember that quit. part if hey, she liked hey. that one or not. Um, and I, of course, I could have went with any of those from the '90s, but that's the song. It might have had something had. to do with my young MC because they happen to come around the same yeah. time frame. I almost. Almost did the Adams Family rap just to shove it in your face. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we had, you've got to pray. 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 That was wonderful, dude. <laughs> um, that should be a sound clip. Pray. pray. Just to make it today. You need to That's make that a sound pray. clip. when pray. we. 
Um, I actually clicked off my notes. That's okay. Please make a sound clip. I'll click them right back on. Um, Someone make a sound clip of that, please. Remember, for his rapid rise to fame, Hammer is known for his hit records such as You Can't Touch This and Too Legit (laughs) to Quit. You Can't Touch This. He's also known for his flashy dance movements, choreography, and 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 his very famous hammer pants. Everybody knows the hammer pants. The pants that have legs the size of fucking ankles. Hold up. You need to back that up. I wore parachute pants. That shit ain't parachute pants. They looked like parachutes. No, they were way wider than parachute pants. Like, them shits poked Like out. I said, they, they looked like parachutes. Um, it was, I believe, in Living Color that made fun of it. Yeah. Like, putting, like, trash bed. Like, it was, like, just crazy yeah, aren't shit. The, aren't they the get pant- hung up on them. Mm-hmm. I, want, the I think legs? it was, was it Tommy Davidson yeah. that played them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't the pant legs, like, only, like, about, like, a f- five inches or ten inches or something? No, they went down. Were they full length? Yeah. yeah. Um, See, I thought they were only, like, down to like the calf area or something like that. No, yeah. they went down to the ankle and then mm-hmm. were kind of tied around the ankle. And, um, multi award winner MC Hammer is considered a forefather and pioneer and innovator of pop rap, incorporating elements of freestyle music, and is the first hip hop artist to achieve diamond status for an album. BET BET ranked Hammer as the number seven best dancer. Of all time, BET. I'm gonna have to say I think you guys. I mean, he was good. Yeah, but, but I don't come know if on. I go that far. Number seven, dude. I, I can name seven better dancers right now. Right. I, I don't know. I think he's number one. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, Stewie said it and BET said it. Uh, <laughs> Vibes, the best rapper ever tournament, declared him the 17th favorite of all time during the first round. That doesn't sound like much of an accomplishment, but hey, I'm gonna give it to him anyway. Hammer's popularity and success waned beginning in the mid-90s when he was labeled a sellout by the changing landscape of hip-hop music, leading to financial problems later in life, including bankruptcy in 1996. But he became a preacher during the late 90s with a Christian ministry program called... Anyone? Anyone? It was on TBN. Hammer. Close. MC Hammer and Friends. Um, additionally, he started something that I absolutely loved and watched it all the time. Hammerman. Hammerman. Hammer. Hammer. I love oh, Hammerman. Yeah. That was in 1991 as well. Everybody fucking knew who MC Hammer was. What's funny is today, uh, when you play MC Hammer, and then I think we were doing this on New Year's Eve. What it? It was. It was. It was. Can't touch this. Came on. Yeah. And we informed the kids that it was from a Rick James song. Mm-hmm. And we played, uh, we, we, super freak. We super played super freak, freak yep. for him, like, yeah. And he straight up. I mean, I'm, but as far as I know, I mean, Rick James was. Well, he hated the uh, uh, the song at first, then he saw those royalty checks. Yeah, yeah. Probably made him a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, it did. A lot so. of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I was running low. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like uh, Queen and Bowie after she, they finally acknowledged that he stole the, the song from him. Oh, you mean they Vanilla made ice. Well, uh, he just fucking stole. I'm sure the MC Hammer got, like, obviously he got permission from right. the label. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't just, nobody would have been like, I, I, that might be the same song. No, that's, that's like, I don't think any of the music's changed. I think he literally just took Super Freakin' laid it back. Wraps <laughs> <laughs> over it. You know, I met, uh, let's see, Mr. Hammer at Riverfront Stadium, Mr. like many, Hammer. yeah, Mr. Hammer, because... Uh, you know, he was at a uh, Reds game, uh, let's see, watching uh, his uh, friend, um, let's see, got uh, not Bo Jackson, um, shoot, I've got 
dude's yeah, name. But anywho, watching one of his friends who was a, a baseball slash football player at the time, so I'll kind of narrow it down a little bit. But um, see, he had this really cool green suit. I had him uh, sign my Donald Duck bill you hat. You still have it? No. And um, that's the thing about the Donald Duck bill hat I had. It had Sam Weish's name on it. And I think it also had uh, Joe Nuxall's name what on that, it. Why? What'd you do with it? It was in my basement. My basement flooded. Oh. Totally got destroyed. Oh. I know. Because Joe Nuxall dead. I know. You ain't getting that again. Actually, there could have been a lot of money there so for Sam you, Sam Weish. Sam yeah. Well, you got me there. But Hammer's... I'm not going to say don't, anything Don't, else. don't, don't say it. Mick Hammer... Hammer was a very nice man. Mick Hammer is fine. Please, God, don't ham- hurt Hammer. I want McDonald's to release a sandwich called the McHammer. <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, don't hurt Hammer. <laughs> Please, God, don't hurt him. The uh, Mac Hammer. It will be on there. You can't touch this. And it'll just bite into the McHammer. <laughs> His next one, he was like, I'm surprised it wasn't on your list. And I did think about him. I really did. They almost made me listen. And we're going to get right back to Tupac on this. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm crazy. I want you to know, I actually, this was not, I actually tried to put Do What You Like in the background. I like that one. But it kept messing up. And I finally was like, well, damn it, I had it. This is way loud. You can tell I had to insert this last minute. I didn't have time to adjust the volume or anything. Digital Underground, I'm going to yell over Digital Underground from Oakland, California. Their personnel changed and rotated with each album. We are professionals here. Uh, and tour. Digital Underground's leader and mainstay was Greg Shock G. Jacobs, also known as Humpty Hump, baby. Because uh, I keep things cooking. We're really professional here. Well, it was the last second. I thought, do what you like, and it kept messing up, and that's what I really wanted to put on here. I love um, do what the, you like. The, part of the best movie ever? They're the only good part of the movie, if that's what you're saying. Uh, Shock G formed the group in 1987 with Jimmy Chopmaster J. Uh, Dright of Berkeley, California, and Tampa hip-hop radio DJ Kenneth Kenny K. Waters. It doesn't matter if you don't know these guys' names because in the end, there's only two people that were ever with them through the whole thing. They changed. They rotated people more than Menudo. That's all I'm going to... I love that there's people out there laughing and people going, who the fuck are Menudo? Right. <laughs> what famous person came from Menudo? Ricky, Ricky Martin. Martin. You guys was you guys are both there, there's some questionable things about the two of you, uh, but I knew it too. So. <laughs> uh, heavily influenced by the various funk bands of the '70s, Digital Underground sampled such music frequently. Uh, funk. They they sampled funk a lot, which became a defining element of West Coast rap as rockadelic, uh, rock rack rockadelic. As Rackadelic, Jacobs designed album covers and cartoon-laced liner notes in homage to Parliament Funkadelic album designs. Digital Underground is also notable for launching the careers of Tupac Shakur, as well as spinning off side projects and solo acts including Raw Fusion, Saphir, and Singer Mystic. Uh, following the, re- the release of their Do What You Like single and video in the summer of 1989, the band gained popularity with their song, The Humpty Dance, Dance is Your Chance to Do, do the Hump. Uh-oh. Stew me, baby. I do the stew with stew. 1999. That's stew, when it came out. Yes. Uh, 1990. Sorry. Digital Underground toured nearly every year until 2008. 
This, this consisted of live shows in Europe, Japan, Canada, Australia, and the United States. While the group's originals uh, origins lay mostly in Oakland and Berkeley, California, various characters and voices from around the world, U.S. and U.K., appear on the band's albums. Shock G and Money B were the only individuals to appear on every album. <laughs> Other recurring key contributors were David DJ Fuse Elliott and DJ producer Jeremy J. Beats Jackson, who both assisted Jacobs in developing the sound. I'm scratching my face. After approximately 20 years of touring, Shock G announced that the group would officially disband in 2008. Shortly after that announcement was made, the group also confirmed that their May 2008 album, Cause You Do You, Party Don't Stop, would be their last studio effort. And then afterwards, they went on reunion tour. <laughs> it's funny because most people, I don't know that they've ever done a reunion. I, I have no idea. How, <laughs> yeah, pro, all their members are like, could you imagine the reunion I, tour and they'd be like a stage full of people? Shock G. <laughs> oh, oh, God. You want to talk about that? Then we'll just uh, we'll just talk about, uh, damn it, I hate getting old. <laughs> I fucking hate it so bad. I, I mean, know Cameo had a lot of I numbers. Can, I can like sing songs, but I want to think of who they freaking are without. Uh, great. You need radio. to look it up. No, I don't need to look it up. Great radio. I don't need to look it up. I don't need to look it up. Lick I know it who it up. is. Look it this up. is making me mad because I should know exactly Kiss. who they are. No, not Kiss. Kiss didn't. Ro- they only rotated a couple of members. Uh, no, you said it would have a shit ton of people on stage, and I instantly was thinking of. Peppers. What's his name? His name? Yeah. Morris Day. I was thinking Morris Day in the time. They always had like 5,000 people on stage that apparently all they did was hold shit. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't have... Oh, the mirror guy? Oh, Jerome. Yeah, there's... Well, that was there's Jerome's, always Jerome. That was Jerome's job. Yeah. Jerome, mm-hmm. bring me my mirror. <laughs> did he even have a musical... No, that's what I mean. They just had people randomly. I think they're friends and shit. Like, you know what would be fun? Just letting you guys get on stage, and then, you know, we're gonna they, pay you to do that. Hey, man, them them, MF, them MFers had fun. Yeah, they did. they did. They are fun. So I wonder if your drum still holds the. You know, I, I was listening to a Condensate that was by the time, but they're called Original Seven. Long story there, but that is a great album. Condensate, check it out. Are they called sweat. the time again? Yeah, they are now. They, they went dead. back. Yeah, the guy dead. Yeah, that I thought that like, and I get Prince, but I thought that was kind of shitty. It was very shitty because he owned the name. I'm like, dude, come on, that's yeah. Who, uh, I think so. When he died, the name got so that's released that's, back that's, into there. That's it for us, right? Because um, well, I uh, got my honorable mention. My last one, uh, George Clinton. And if, yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for him, a lot I mean, of these I, beats. I get from where you're going, but he's yeah. not a rapper. No, he's not a rapper. Smile. I did have a couple of honor mentions. But he's did he really rap occasionally? He did rap occasionally. Sort of, kind of? Yeah. Was, right. that, was he actually a rapper, though? Well, what makes a rapper? If you rap, are you a rapper? Yeah. If you're around a Snickers bar, are you a rapper? Stu, who are your honorable mentions? Well, Ice Cube. For sure, Dr. Dre, and then Salt and Pepper. But Salt Did I say and Pepper, right? Did I say right? Salt and Pepper made it onto Kelly's list, as it were. Ooh, uh, baby, baby. So, I didn't 
look up any notes on salt and pepper because I totally forgot to. Stop but they it. did make Kelly's list. So salt and pepper definitely on there. And probably should have made our list because I realized that we didn't really focus on any female rappers. And in the 90s, there most certainly was. Stewie almost, this is weird to me, almost put Missy Elliott on his list, which is funny because you did not like her in the 90s, which is why she can't be on your list because you like her now, but you didn't like her then. That's what our list was about. So that's why we'll say you did put her on. I liked Missy Elliott. Stewie didn't. Stewie did like Lil' Kim, though. So And Foxy Brown. And Foxy Brown. I was kind of shocked. Neither of them made your list. Um, for me... Uh, I'm going to throw something at you. Then for me, people that I too. I highly consider putting on my list that did not make it, again, West Side Connection. West Side Connection almost made my list. Drink. And um, um, Wyclef and Refugee Camp. The Fugees. Oh, the, the Fu- oh, Lauren Hill. Uh, Wyclef and the uh, Refugee Camp. All, they, they almost made my list. Like uh, I love the Carnival. It was a great album. So they those were people that I highly considered, but you know you got. You know what's funny that. is we're, clowns. We're probably gonna get yeah, clowns. Um, we're probably gonna clowns. get ridiculed, rid, ridiculed for it, but we never put Wu Tang Clan on there. Wu Tang? No, there was discussion. I didn't listen to the Wu Tang Clan, so not, not one of us put Wu Tang on there. Now there's a difference. I do between, have a funny feeling. There's a difference between not respecting and being a fair. Like I do I have a funny feeling it. if Spanky was here. He it might have, might have been on there. I could see that. I, I told him to send a list. He just never responded. Yeah. Thanks, Spank Dog. I said send it over. I'll read your list on the show, but he didn't. Well, there's a lot of others I could have mm-hmm. mentioned. Like, um, let's see. Uh, really, what this list was, though, is who we listened to a lot. Who mm-hmm. did five rap artists that you listened to a lot in the '90s? That's what I said to you guys. So it's fair. I mean, yeah. Daylight Soul. I there's tons of people yeah. we could have put on. These were the first people that popped into your head because mm-hmm. these are the people you listen to a lot. I mean, Stewie literally had Young MC on there. Black they Sheep. Had like one song. Maybe you just listened to it a lot. I don't Queen know. Latifah. It's as funny as the time. Stop. That, MC Light. It's as fun as the funny as the time that Stu bought Ugly, Kid's Joe, Ugly Kid Joe's Greatest Hits. <laughs> of one song. I mean, that's literally the album he bought. It's Ugly Kid Joe. I was like, is that just... Did they did they just play I Hate Everything About You over and over again? Cats in the Cradle. And Cats in the Cradle. It's like, it's two songs. It was an EP. But remixed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is one that Kelly sent over. Um, she asked that we mention this on the show, so I'm going to do that. Oh. She's a huge Arrested Development fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good different call. Different kind of rap. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely a different kind definitely of rap. Southern, I love Southern these guys. Twang. Arrested Development was an American hip-hop group that formed in Atlanta in 1988. It was founded by Speech and Headliner as a positive Afrocentric alternative to the gangster rap popular in the 1980s. Baba, how do you say it? Baba Oge? Baba, Baba, Baba Oge? Yeah. Um, and frontman Speech met at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee when they were both students. Baba Oge was 57 years old at the time. Yeah, that's the old man. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Wendell. He was at Mr. Wendell. College? Too. Well, they is met it? while he well, while one of them was at college. That's where they met. I don't oh, know that he I was think in. Mr. Wendell was the professor. He might have been. <laughs> I, uh, the group's know. debut album, Three Years, Five Months, and Two Days in the Life of, was the number one album in the Village Voice 1992, 1992 <laughs> Paz and Jop Critics Poll and in The Wire's 1992 Critics' Choice. The group won two Grammy Awards in 1993 for Best New Artist, making them, them the first hip-hop artist to win this award and best rap performance by a duo or group. They were named Band of the Year by Rolling Stone. 
The debut album sold over 6 million copies worldwide. And we all know Mr. Wendell, and we all know mm-hmm. Tennessee. 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 I, I loved these guys. Yeah. Tennessee. Kind of wish, like, they, they, they need to do something now. Well, they do. Uh, let's see. They could do something really. I feel like they could just add some really cool relevancy to the world yeah. right about now. Because they had this positive vibe, but they sang about, like, what they were telling. They were great storytellers. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wendell is a story. You can just sit there and listen to this whole story. Like, this is wonderful. I think Um, they have, like, several other albums, too. I'm just saying, though, like, if they release something now, I feel like they could put a positive spin on something that is socially relevant. Rest of development, get on it, is what I'm saying. And we we will listen to it, maybe, probably, unless it sucks. And then we won't. (laughs) She brought this one up, and Suey and I talked about it, and then it really hit me, (sighs) because... 90s? But really, mm-hmm. I guess they are. Um, I mean, they're, they're 80s. But I mean, yes, I guess they did have hits in the 90s, including this song right here. Beastie Boys, oh, New York yeah. City, formed in 1978. The group was composed of Mike D, uh, which was Michael Diamond, Stu's cousin. Uh, he did vocals and drums. Adam. And related to Screech. Is it, he is, yeah, isn't he? He really right. is. He yeah. is related to Screech. Uh, Adam so are MCA, you related to Screech? No. Adam MCA. Well, he might be. He doesn't know. Yach. 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 Vocal and best. And Adam Adrock Horowitz. Horowitz. Vocals, guitar, and programming. Now that's Jewish name. <laughs> Beastie Boys was formed out of members uh, formed out of members of experimental hardcore punk band, the Young Aborigines, in 1978. After achieving local success with the 1983 comedy hip-hop single Cookie Puss, Beastie Boys made a full transition to hip-hop, and uh, so one of the dudes left. They toured with Madonna in 1985, and a year later released their debut album, one of the best rap albums of all time, in my opinion. License to Ill. License to Ill. Brass Monkey, Fight for Your Right, uh, Paul Paul Revere. Revere. Everybody. Paul Revere, one of the best bass pumping. Here's a little story I'd like to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. Start away back. Girls. Girls. Which leads right into. Which that song right there. Girls, hardly any bass in it. I think it's straight treble. It's. It was the first rap record to top the Billboard 200 charts ever. Licensed deal. Uh, their second album. Damn, that white boys can rap. Paul's <laughs> Boutique in 1989 was a... Well, actually, yeah. I mean, they were famous. They yeah. toured. Now, were they intentionally, uh, for that, uh, when they became basic boys, were they intentionally trying to be rap or were they trying to be punk? No, they started no, no, no. off as an experimental punk band, and then they they but they were doing experimental stuff, and they did a rap song, and it did they just ended up switching that direction. But th- you said that damn them, but white boys can rap. But yes, they were known for touring with big groups, and they were on DMC. Yeah, yeah they that's toured unheard with, they were of crush too, back then. Yeah, they were they were. What'd you say? They were in Crush Groove, the movie. Oh, yes, I thought you said they were. Something approved, and I'm like, yeah, they were, they were approved. Like black people was like, we're okay with them. They're all right. Jewish, we, we Jewish will, rappers. Listen, we all know that it, it uh, that it was hard for white people to bl- break into the rap market, and there were sometimes they let us in, especially the Jewish <laughs> ones. 
And yeah, not only were they white, they were white and Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> they were breaking all kinds of stuff. Dude, um, you know what they should have done? They should have, like, one of the, one of their videos had all of them in Yom Were Pest. they all Jewish? I don't think they all were. I think, I think two they, of them were, I think. At least two of them two? were. I don't. I, Ad-Rock, I don't think. I, no, Ad-Rock most definitely was Jewish. Well, Adam He's Horowitz, the Horowitz. Yeah. Um, and the other dude's last name Dustin was Diamond. Yach, I, well, I guess you're yeah, right. Yeah, Diamond probably Jewish. was Jewish, yeah. too. I guess they're all three Jewish. Yeah. Those are three little good... Those are three good little Jewish boys. Um, I was watching a video with them today where um, it can't was... can't wait till that movie comes out. It was them and like all kinds of freaking... Fa- they're older. And it was so much fun to watch. They were cracking me up. And I mean, obviously, it was right. a little while Before, ago. Yeah. Because um, Mike D, right? Yeah, he passed. Was it Mike D or was it Mike... Ad Rock. Was it Ad Rock? No, wait. I think you're right. It was, I don't the guy that won the wore the leather jacket, he was the rocker. That's the one that died. Well, anyway, um, Adam Horst, yes. Yeah, I don't think it was Ad. Yeah, that was Ad Rock. Um, anyway, this music video has all kinds of people, like Ted, Day- like all these famous people, are in Steve Buscemi. Like it, it was just great. They're like older guys going yeah. down. The street. You know the video. Yeah, it was so much fun to watch. And I'm like, how did I not know about this? This was fun as hell. And they were all older guys, and he was heavy. Like he'd gotten kind of chunky, but he's still wearing the black leather jacket. It was really great. So it was kind of fun to watch. So. Um, their second album, Paul's Boutique, 1989, was a commercial failure, but later received critical acclaim. Check Your Head in 1992 and Ill Communication in 1994 found mainstream success. They always had this kind of weird thing. It's like, great album. What the fuck? Good album. What the fuck? <laughs> like, this can of bounce back. <laughs> and then they had Intergalactic. Intergalactic, Planetary, Planetary. Inter- like that song was the only one that was um, decent. Hello Nasty, 1998. Uh... To the Five Bros in 2004, The Mix Up in 2007, and Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 in 2011. Beastie Boys have sold 20 million, over 20 million records in the United States, making them the biggest selling rap group since Billboard began recording sales in 1991. So there you go. We covered the gambit of 90s rap music. It was, it was kind of fun because, like, said it's like the last you kind of delving like there's always been the genres of music that i listen to and i've never stopped so like i constantly listen to 80s pop music everybody knows that about me i weekly it's on in my car it's on here and you know while i'm cooking or whatever it was raised on 70s so i listen to a lot of 70s and stuff but then you know in the 90s when i was in the formative like early 20s and stuff this is what i listened to Mm -hmm. and i kind of forgot that I loved it so much, and this this that we do this show out of this kind of nostalgia factor, and it's always fun. But every once in a while, we hit something that really turns that nostalgia knob back for me, and I'm like immersed for a minute. And I promise you both, if you get in your car and turn on Bone, you're gonna instantly be immersed. But you're gonna oh god, I remember that you know. Like, well, I did that a, a I, few weeks yeah, ago me before you were we talking even about it, suggested. Yeah. The notorious thug, but it's just this weird like like stew. When wherever you go tomorrow, just put on an old Tupac album. Watch what happens. You're gonna be like, oh god, I feel yeah. like I'm for a minute. You're gonna feel like twenty again, and then you're gonna go to get out. Well, because I remember like, playing Tupac while I was at the the, the window factory. <laughs> then you're gonna go to climb out of your car and you're gonna be like, why the fuck this thing sits so low? My knees are killing me. Oh my god, I forgot where I was going. Why does my bows make that sound? You know. Well, I told somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, why? what the fuck age hits where sleeping in my bed hurts my hip? 
<laughs> like, oh, God, am I going to need a hip replacement in 20 years? <laughs> I have a feeling I will. Well, well one of the guys we'll. we know has had double hip replacements already. So that makes you feel old. Well, now I want to know who, but... I'd... Frankie. Oh, wow. Well, well. The midget. <laughs> I was going to say little, little people often have joint problems. I wasn't going to go with that one. That's word. all right. He doesn't listen to... He, I, I mean, we're kidding, but he if he's over the line, he's barely over the line. I mean, there is a line where you're considered a little... I, honestly, I think I'm not that much taller than him, so I mean... I can't say a whole lot. I'll tell you a quick story before we end all this. Uh I probably told it to you before. We've told you all about Frankie. He's real little bright red hair. We used to say he looked like one of them treasure trolls. I asked him once if we if we rubbed his belly, could we make a wish? We were (laughs) we were me and Stu and Frankie were in Myers, the one over here one night, late night, we're walking through the store and he's talking. Frankie is. And we walk over to like the car section and stuff, and I reached down, they they had these uh, the red tail brush. The red no, it was a reflector. Oh, that you could stick like is on a pole. You stick at the end of your driveway mm. or whatever. You know, has a red reflector and it's just on a metal rod. <laughs> and Frankie's just talking, blah blah blah. And oh. I, I said, "Here, hold this, man." And I hand him that reflector, and he's holding it in his hand. And all of a sudden, I looked at Stu, and Stu looked at me, and I went, "We represent the lollipop <laughs> because it looked like he was holding a big sucker." <laughs> he said, Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was an asshole, but it was funny. So. Yeah, I just I, hand, I just picked up one. this reflector and handed it to him. Said, "Here, hold this, man." He's talking, so he wasn't paying attention. So he took it. And he's like holding it there. And it looked like he was holding a big sucker. He was weird. He used to walk up to us in the house and tap you on the shoulder, and you'd turn and look at him, and he'd go. Like he, you'd be standing. You remember that day when I yelled and you just lost it? I was standing in the kitchen. He walks around the corner, taps you on the shoulder. I turn around and said, "Stop." Touching me! <laughs> Stu's in here just because he used to just always come up and like put his hand on your shoulder and like, you're like, dude, what is wrong with you? He was kind of like owning a puppy that needed attention. Like, if you weren't, nudge, nudge, look at me. Yeah. And he used to sit, Stu and him used to smoke, and we had, um, they'd sit on the couch and we had like a, a coffee table, and the ashtray would sit on it, and he would sit like you guys are sitting on the couch now and just lean forward and try and never hit it. He would ash all over everything. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, Frankie. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, so that's a wrap. That's a wrap. And Frankie. <laughs> that's a wrap. Uh, if anybody out there has something you would like to mention, you should probably do it on our Facebook page. That'd be the place to go. Are you flipping me off, motherfucker? I mean, you kind of are. <laughs> I'm just checking my, my finger. Uh, you're just checking my nail. Mm. Um, you should go over to our Facebook page. We are the mixtape somewhere over there. I don't know. And if anybody accidentally dies, don't blame us. It's not our fault. Nope. We didn't kill you. We knocked a wood. I mean, a lot of the people we, we talked about today wood. are already have are dead. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't. There's you know true. Uh, but uh, or their careers are so <laughs> hammer. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, we didn't kill him. His career is just dead. That's what happened there. Uh, you can find us over there. Uh, we are, I always forget the damn email address. It's your Your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. I do check it, believe it or not. Do we ever get anything? Not often, no. But I do check it. Uh, The next episode will more than likely be another Songs You Did Not Know were remakes because that was what was in the pipeline. But I'm really glad we ended up doing this episode. That was a good episode. Uh, we do miss Spank Dog. He hasn't been here for the last two. Um, and there were reasons for both. Um, there was some surgeries and stuff that had to take place. He's fine. He's fine. He's good. Everybody's good, which is good. Um, 
Plastic uh, surgery. Everybody's yeah, he's beautiful now. He's so <laughs> but I keep telling him in a couple years he's gonna look like Kenny Rogers. Just stop now. Kenny Rogers is notorious for telling Dolly Parton that he was a skin suit. Skin was the only thing holding him together. Like, he really regretted it later, I guess, in life. So yeah. I don't blame him because that was some bad surgery. Unlike Joan Rivers, who, like, till the day she died was like, which it kind of killed her. Yeah. And, but she was all pro. Very. She was, like, Kardashian pro. Yeah, but, I mean, didn't she? That She, like, died under the knife. Under the knife, yeah. if I recall. She had like a stroke or something, I think, though. I don't think mm. it was. Uh, can we talk? Can we talk about Kenny Rogers' horrible plastic surgery job? Oh, my God. Um, let's try not killing anybody else. Uh, well, we talk. let's see. We talk about John Rivers and Kenny Rogers. If we just talk about dead people, we can't kill them. Speaking about rappers and plastic surgery, have you heard about the Kanye and oh, Kim Kardashian? We were talking divorced. about rappers. Now, yes, I'm all right with them if they go. I'm all right. I hope oh, they yeah. get a divorce. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about rappers we like. Are they, they divorcing? Yeah. That's yeah, they're what, that's literally what he just said. Yeah. That's well, so it goes, well, he's crazy. He's batshit crazy. And people are like, well, if you lived with Kim, he was batshit crazy. Before he met her, they just added to his crazy. Um, he ain't crazy. At least he's not going to get his shit chopped off and he wearing bras. He is Jesus. He thought about that before. That's my point. He's always been batshit crazy. He went on stage wearing a fencing mask. And not because... I know people are like, he's a musical genius, though. I'm like, oh, whatever. He's okay. I don't know about training. musical or genius. Hey, everybody. I'm wrapping the show up because it's been a while. We appreciate you all listening. Yeah, we are back, we baby. That. Welcome to 2021. If there's one good thing we can say about 2021, it's maybe you got a stimulus check. No, and it's, you got more toilet paper. It is. It is that we are back. That's the only good thing we can say so far because that hasn't been that long. Stewie's like, oh, it's oh, look, it's been five minutes and it's already bad. No, it's still not as bad as like we still got a little ways to yeah, go. Yeah, like, and we still got the cicadas to come around. Yeah, that's great. I told you, you understand that pizza. they came around last time. Like last time they came around was when my dear when my son was born. Oh, so I guess it's oh they have, the they keep going. There's cicadas every year. I'm like not the 17 uh, years cicadas. Oh like you guys, Stewie, I didn't have poor, a bike. Poor that. Stu, he's not going to get to ride his motorcycle at all for like oh, months. I'm, I'm going to be like that guy mouth. on the video. I'm going to have like. Shake the shake the uh, yeah. Well, just make sure you definitely wear a full face helmet. No, oh, that would hurt. All you see is somebody like because <laughs> God. Oh, I recall, and we are you weren't here during that time either, were you? Yeah, what were you? No, you weren't here. Uh, I didn't live with the, you. No, I was working at Pharmacare. Let me just yeah. tell you before we get off of here. Uh, I'm already getting off, buddy. Trying to get into the building, mm, yeah. Was a feat on its own because mm-hmm. they they're all in the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the trees. Follow, luckily, they take the they take follow the trees in out. with you yeah. and try to t- hitch a hike. Uh, hitch, hitch a hike. hike. They try to hitch a hike. Hitch hike. <laughs> uh, so you got to pat um, yourself down pretty much. I remember one of the girls at Pharmacare was terrified, and she, they bought her one of those electric fucking cicada want mid. Those things were huge because they were like selling out like hotcakes. Well, electric. I wonder if they're gonna sell them again. I don't know, man. They're, they, they're harmless. Yeah, they are. I mean, literally, don't do anything to you. And the sound is pretty at night. Good source of protein for what I hear. <laughs> it's weird how they, like, sync up, too. Mm-hmm. Don't they, like, uh, shake their butts? 
No. That's how they make their sound. This is a rap and hip hop episode. They shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake their booties. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We are at two and a half hours, so we are stopping this episode. But it is our first episode back, so you get one of the epic ones. And honestly, I think it's a pretty good episode. We had a lot to talk about yeah. and had a lot to share with you guys. And hopefully you go out and listen to some of these artists. Thank you, uh, Kelly, for your contribution. She was very excited when she heard me. Hey, we go, hey, go check out uh, the Sir Max a lot country music video. You totally should. That's uh, why not? Uh, You're going to hate me later. That's all I got. That's all I got. So until next we speak, which will be in a couple of weeks, remember to always stay awesome. awesome. Boom, 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 boom. Tell me what you're going to do, but it ain't nowhere to run. When judgment comes for you, when judgment comes for you. Tell me what you're going to do, when it ain't nowhere to hide. When judgment comes for you, cause it's going to go for you. Anybody tell me why we die, we die.